Hey everybody, welcome to the show. Today's show is the best. And uh, I actually had a lot of fun in this one, and this is one of my buddies, so uh, we, we kind of jump right into it and hit the ground running. But today's show is powered by All Things UTV. All Things UTV is home of the Razor Aid Tender Spring. Now, what that does for your ride, if you go out and you look at any of your UTVs, pretty much that top spring on your shocks, if it even is a dual system spring, which basically means there's two springs with a slider in the middle, that top spring, more likely than not, is completely compressed from the factory. It is a really, really uh, sucky thing that comes from the factory on a lot of the OEM machines. All Things UTV makes a tender spring upgrade for all, if I'm not mistaken, every single UTV that comes out right now. All Things UTV has a Razor Aid tender spring upgrade. Now, they have a guaranteed satisfaction, or excuse me, a satisfaction guarantee that you'll love the ride. It's 100% ride improvement quality. All Things UTV stands behind that warranty. They color match all their springs, so it will look uniform. Now, one thing about their springs is they have a step further on top of that, and that is the Cloud 9 kit. And that Cloud 9 kit actually is what I run on my machine. It is longer rear upper springs, and it's the entire uh, basically eight springs with crossover rings, which if you're a race buff, that's nothing but good news because that just means that, uh, you know, you're going to be able to tune the suspension and tune how it works. So don't forget to check out all things UTV on Facebook and Instagram. Next on the list is RCV performance. Everybody knows RCV performance. They are the top of the line, the world's strongest axle, whether you're a rock bouncer, ultra four UTV, uh, Overlander, Jeep, whatever it may be, the RCV performance axles, <clears throat> excuse me, the RCV performance axles are the end all be all when it comes to axles. They are all made in the USA. Uh, I know that it's taken a little while for them to get uh, shipped out here in the last couple months or so due to the COVID and all that kind of crazy stuff. But I can tell you this I waited for my product, I got the Trail Series axles. It's right in between, you know, you have stock, which is obviously gonna be your weaker of the axle options, uh, which surprisingly there's weaker options out there in the aftermarket world, but you have stock, and then you have the RCV Trail Series, and then the very top of the line is the RCV Trails, Trail, uh, excuse me, RCV Performance Pro Series. So if you're a big daddy and you never, ever, ever wanna have to worry about buying another set of axles again, with proper maintenance, the Pro Series, will be the last axle you'll ever need. It's honestly amazing. I'm gonna run the trail series, gonna wear those out uh, next weekend at Dirty Turtle, really put them to the test. It's where budget meets the RCV performance name. It's a really good sweet spot between uh, having the RCV unbreakable performance and having something that's a little bit more cost effective than the Pro Series axles. RCV performance on Instagram and Facebook and rcvperformance.com. Our next sponsor is Supergrip ATV. Supergrip ATV has recently come out with some wheels. Really excited to start promoting these. Uh, mine should be here next week. I kind of am doing something a little different. I got one of every style that they have. They have 14s, they have 15s, they have a super strong kind of spun style, and then they have a more elegant 
uh, kind of fancier looking wheel that's coming out but those are all super grip atv branded wheels they've designed them the whole nine yards those wheels will be available in four plus three options and a five plus two so <clears throat> make sure you guys get a chance to look at those wheels online i'll be posting about them very soon and as always super grip atv tires are this gold standard you know when it comes to the k9 for general performance in basically every direction the amp is an excellent trail tire very reminiscent of a bighorn and then all the way across to 4x4 and golf cart tires make sure you guys check them out at supergripatv.com supergripatv on facebook and instagram next on the list is essentially off road essentially off road has started making production razor uh, cages and essentially off-road is actually just you know they used to be a general 4x4 they used to make rock bouncers and do stuff like that but the branding is kind of switched around a little bit and they're just a really high-end fabrication shop i love what comes out of there uh watching their instagram watching their facebook i know blake northern the owner of essentially uh off-road just recently posted a picture of some box a arms that he's working on for a full-size vehicle and it is bamboozling how he has designed those arms and the quality that goes into the welds that same quality that is built into ultra four cars is built into your production razor cages check them out at essentially four by four or essentially off-road four by four on instagram and essentially off-road on facebook and on their website last but not least arguably the most important uh, my, I guess I would say the most impactful sponsor when it comes to me is Diddy's Big Block Race Shop. He does all of my razor shock tuning, all of my UTV shock tuning. If you're in a Can-Am, if you're in a Honda, whatever it is, that is the that is the guy I'm going to send you to. If you tell me, hey man, I really wish this was riding a little bit better, you get yourself hooked up with some all things UTV Razor 8 tender springs because it's a really econo it's a economy friendly version of getting a really good result really quickly and then the best thing that you can do for those is to get uh, your shocks not only serviced revalve so they'll last a long time they'll last the life of the car but also it'll start riding tremendously better you don't know how bad you have it until you get your shocks revalved by diddy's big block race shop now they're also a dealer for all mark williams parts including 300Ms, things like that. Uh, he actually will do everything when it comes to full-size buggies, all the way from turnkey chassis to finishing the last 5% of your machine. Chris over at Diddy's Big Block Race Shop, he's, he's the man. He is absolutely the man. He does all the tuning for the Reject Fab machines, and he's done uh, shock tuning for a bunch of guys in the industry, especially on the East Coast. He's based out of Kentucky, so if you don't want to send any of your equipment over you know over the country uh, to the west coast guys chris is the best option that we have and he's one of the best options in the nation let me phrase it like that because his work is outstanding every single time his customer service his communication is one of the best chris is one of my favorite guys in this industry glad to have him on board today's episode is Mr. Will Bell. So Will and I actually went to high school together. So we've known each other for a long time and you'll kind of hear us uh, talk about some of our you know, mutual friends and things like that in this episode. This is a good one. Uh, we, I, I don't know about 
will per se, but I air everything out that I've got on my mind here recently. I hope you enjoy it. I would love your feedback, uh, either to Will or to me. Just let us know what you think of the episode. Let us know what you think about what we're talking about. If you're not already a member, check out the Racing on the Rocks VIP group on Facebook. A lot of discussion goes on in there. So thank you guys. Enjoy the show. To the great and powerful Will Bell. Get a drink and gather around. Let's talk drivers. Let's talk rigs. Let's talk skill. You've got the best of the best in the off-road racing world. Have a seat at the table with us and let's talk about racing on the rocks. Take two. Take two. Let's make sure I have the the right microphone going here before we get too far. Okay. Um, That is not the right one. We want this one. Testing. There we go. Much better. There we go. Okay. So one more check just to make sure I'm not crazy. Perfect. All right. So much better. Uh, thank you for bearing with me. So what you missed the first time was uh, we started this podcast probably a few minutes in. And the next thing you know, my stepdaughter comes and lets the dogs in the house. Dog gets in the studio, about rips everything off the table, all the wires. So I'm here with Will Bell, and I feel good about this one. Yeah. I feel good about this it's one. It's going to work this time. Yeah, so this is the newer version <laughs> of the studio. Uh, still working out some of the bugs. It's not perfect. It's a little smaller. Will mm-hmm. walked in and said it looks bigger on camera. It looks a lot bigger. <laughs> <on camera. laughs> it's pretty tight in here. Uh, so glad to have you in, man, yeah. because you are local. You're the guy that I personally have probably ridden with more than, you know, the only other person I've ridden with more than you is Mitch. Mm-hmm. So. I know you well. I've seen your ride. I'm yeah. a big fan, and uh, it's pretty cool because you're here. Yeah. You're in person. Yeah, we finally made it happen. Yeah. We've been trying to do this for a couple months, it feels like, at least. Yeah. I mean, I know that I probably reached out to you sometime last year, but mm-hmm. you're finally here. Finally here. Finally here. How you been, man? How has uh, COVID been for you? How's the last year? Because we're in, uh, what is it, a year and some months of our two-week lockdown? I'm tired of it. Tell me about it. How does it, how has it have affected you other than, you know, just having to wear just every day, yeah. mask? Um, I've been pretty lucky. Um, a lot of people were out of work, working from home, whatever, mm-hmm. but we slowed down for about three or four months, I guess. And, uh, I worked, I worked 50 hours a week normally. Dang. So a couple weeks there, about probably a month, mm-hmm. worked 40 hours a week. But other than that, it's been pretty much full steam ahead. Really? Now, you guys are with medical equipment, right? Yeah. I'm okay. a machinist to make medical implants. So. Okay. Dude, that's yeah. some real stuff yeah. right there. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, so, it's the medical industry. It didn't really suffer that much. Just mm-hmm. uh, when they closed the hospitals down and stuff for elective surgeries. That's about yeah. the only thing. What kind of – can you tell me what kind of like, – like what kind of implants? Yeah, we make, make um, <clears throat> like spinal implants. Okay. Um, shoulder implants, knee implants. I'm assuming – Ankle implants. Like the, the margin <clears> – <throat> Like on the actual implant, the yeah. margin for error is pretty very slim. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's pretty. Yeah. Good. And they have <laughs> some crazy tolerances on them, yeah. um, on the blueprints and stuff. But we make bone plates and yeah. we make a lot of like surgical instruments, surgical yeah. tools. Yeah. Um, parts for robots. It does robot surgeries and stuff like that. That's cool. Pretty interesting. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I mean, is there any like new <clears throat> technology that you guys have coming out of your shop that's like cool? Uh, not really. No, that's mainly the, like the OEMs. They do all that okay. stuff. So you're here. You're local to me. Yeah. And and for those who don't, in know, Murphy, yeah, we're we're in Middle Tennessee, yeah. uh, the heart of off roading in the <clears throat> East Coast. I feel like, um, you know, 
you have not only been racing for a really long time, but you've been in the off-road for a really long time. I mentioned yeah. my friend Mitch. Yeah. My friend Mitch, he grew up kind of out there towards you a little mm-hmm. bit more. You're a little, you're on like the other side of the country <clears throat> for me, yeah. right? Yeah. So, so I'm I'm on like South Murfreesboro. You guys are out there in like East Murfreesboro. Yeah. Uh, Closer to Cannon County. What do you? Where did you get started in all of this? So, I had like I had a Power Wheels Jeep. Okay. Okay. So I was, that's, so I was a little one. <laughs> and then um, one Christmas, I think I was like seven or eight. Mm-hmm. My parents got me a Honda 70 dirt bike. Okay. I had, they brought it in the house, put it on the tree. And awesome. I thought that was like the coolest thing ever. Yeah. So I had that. Um, probably had that for two or three years, I guess. And there was a little motocross track in Manchester. Mm-hmm. So I would go out there and went out there a few times and practiced. And they had a race. <clears throat> so I did the race. And, of course, what I had wouldn't keep up. You had to. How, how old are you at this point? Probably eight, nine, okay. something like that. Yeah. Um. And I had a Honda 74 stroke. Yeah. And everybody was running a Kawasaki 65 two stroke, okay. which if you know anything about a four stroke and two stroke, that's totally different. Those are, those are totally different. Dirt difference. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So I went to one, maybe two races and we decided that that wasn't going to be enough. So um, my dad went to Sloan's here in Murfreesboro and traded that Honda in for a Kawasaki. And I think they closed the track like a week <laughs> after that. <laughs> and then I was always <laughs> yeah. So, uh, That's awesome. so I had that. I rode around the house. My parents got 16 acres. Okay. Um, rode every day after school. And then after that, I got a Honda 300X, a yellow Honda 300X. Yeah. You probably remember that. Mm-hmm. I rode that thing every day after school. Yeah. I remember um, actually when my dad bought it, he had it with him when he came pick me up from school. I think it was in third or fourth grade. Yeah. And I remember it being in the car rider line and him coming around and there it was. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that is so cool. Yeah. That is, that is so <clears throat> it's so funny to say that because I've only had one experience like that before where uh, my, I think it was for my 10th birthday or my brother's 10th birthday. <clears throat> yeah. My parents picked him up in a limo. Like that was his thing. He wanted yeah. a limo for his birthday. Yeah. So uh, they did that. And then I remember being probably in, if he was 10, I was five and Dude, pulling up, like flexing on people in the car rider line, yeah. that was it, man. Yeah, so that's that so cool. That's really cool. Yeah. So you rose that. When? At what point did you – I mean, obviously, you're getting a lot of time on the bike because yeah. uh, I know you from, like I said, my friend. Mm-hmm. My friend only refers to you as Willie Will. Yeah. How did that name come from? So we went um, – my mom and Mitch's mom, they mm-hmm. talked together at Las Casas. So we would go to Brimstone, mm-hmm. and we'd ride four-wheelers. And at that point um, – my dad had a four-wheeler and then bought a Razor. This was 2009. So the Razor came out in 2008. Mm-hmm. He had one in 2009, 800, just a 50-inch regular old Razor. Yeah. That's and all trusty. That's actually the reason that Johnny and Mitch got Razors. Really? They drove my dad's. And uh, then, of course, they had to have one. Yeah. But anyway, we would go to Brimstone. And for whatever reason, I was always the leader. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I was always picking what trails and went and – Seems like I was doing a wheelie everywhere we went. So I, I literally have heard that you can do a wheelie down any trail. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Like I, I remember talking to them for the first time and I think they were telling me, you know, I don't know if it was Brimstone or Rock, whatever it was, mm-hmm. but you would just like like skip hop across yeah. it. And yeah. I think a lot about the guys that like, you know, do that the crazy enduro stuff. Yeah. Could you do that kind of no. stuff? Okay. This All was right. on four wheeler. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. I was off a dirt bike at that point. 
Thank God. Dude, yeah. the guys who do the dirt bike stuff That's on crazy. Like, rock trails. Yeah. Like I look at like King of the Motos or I think Mad Ram posted a video <clears throat> like yesterday. Yeah. And these guys are doing trails that, I mean, I would have to, they're, they're like flat rock crawling trails. Mm -hmm. I'd have to take a good look at my razor and be yeah. like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah there's, pretty, there's pretty big, big holes and things like that. It's yeah. pretty amazing. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Do. So yeah. you're on a four wheeler, tearing mm -hmm. it up out there. When did you make the switch from uh, four wheeler? Because I think you went to a Suzuki for a while. I did. Right? I had a Suzuki okay. 400. So my dad bought that razor. Mm -hmm. And uh, the first time we took it out, like, right, we went to a place in Viola, Tennessee. Is that Mayhem? Uh, it was right beside Mayhem. Okay. It was some private land, That's whatever. That's cool. So you go down this little gravel road, and to get onto the trails, there's like a big mud hole. Mm -hmm. And what we didn't know, <laughs> the left side of it was just like a rock bottom. Mm -hmm. There was no mud at all. But the trail beside it looked like where everybody was going. Well, it was just thick, soupy mm -hmm. mud. And that was the first time we went out in it. We didn't have a winch. Didn't have anything. A good time. Just a razor and a guy that he worked with mm -hmm. had a four-wheeler. And that was it. Luckily, we put a come-along and a chain in it. Yeah. So we got it stuck right off the bat and had to winch it out with a come-along. Gosh, and that sucks. Yeah, yeah, that's awful. <clears throat> so I will never own razor without a winch. So that's the first thing. There's, I see so many guys that don't have winches on like trail machines, mm -hmm. and I'm like, I, I'll be honest with you, if I if I know like someone asks me, hey man, you want to go ride, and they don't have a winch, I won't tell them I'm busy we'll or I don't know. Yeah, maybe yeah. I'm not gonna ride with you because yeah. it's it, it doesn't do anything for you necessarily. It puts mm -hmm. all the inconvenience on the people you're riding with, yeah. and that's one thing that I actually. <laughs> Like one of the reasons I, I love riding with you mm -hmm. is your buggy. You have like a little like uh, extra attachment you yeah. put on the back. I try to get cooler, back. dude. It's dude that yeah. especially like all you county county boys, right? Mm -hmm. Y'all have like chainsaws and everything. <laughs> it's it. I have never seen you guys completely leave a machine like stuck stuck. Yeah, you guys will always get it out somehow, dude. I've seen you guys do some wild stuff to get yeah. it out, but. Uh, so I'm kind of jumping ahead here, mm -hmm. but, but anyways, so you guys do that. <clears throat> you get the razor stuck. You don't, you're not going to ride with somebody with a, without a winch anymore. Yeah. When did it transfer over to what you do now? Because so, it, it was like a slow progression. It felt yeah, like when I'd say a few months into him having the razor, I hated it. Mm -hmm. I despised it. So I went back to a four wheeler. Why'd you hate it? I don't know. Um, was it just, I just different? Didn't like, it was just different. Okay. Um, I guess it wasn't what I was used to. Mm -hmm. So I went back to that Suzuki, um, I had it for a while, and then we kind of got out of everything. I kind of see this was when I was sixteen. I guess I started driving different stuff, so we kind of got out of it. Um, he sold the razor, and I sold the four wheeler. And then for my graduation, they bought me, or I got a Suzuki Samurai, eighty-eight right. Suzuki Samurai, which it was really too nice to be a play toy, but yeah. I still kind of took it out in the woods and stuff. Yeah. But it never was anything serious. Um, but I sold it to buy my girlfriend then, but my wife now, an engagement ring. Dude, congratulations. Yeah. That's a power move yeah. right there. Yeah. Because um, we had just moved out and all that good stuff. Yeah. So then a couple of years go by, and I got out of trade school, and I went full-time at work. Yeah. So first thing I did was I bought a truck. Mm -hmm. I bought a 2005 Silverado, um, which I don't have anymore. But. Dude, trucks, I've traded vehicles yeah, a lot. Trucks are the most crazy thing right now. Yeah. And we'll talk about it here today. I don't want to interrupt you. But yeah, yeah. You go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Continue. So I, I did that. And then a few more months went by. I was like, I want to raise it. Because mm -hmm. I'd seen Mad Ram, Busted Knuckle, and mm -hmm. all that stuff. And this was, 
I think 2016, mm-hmm. right when the turbo came out or they released the turbo. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, everybody had a 1000 XP. And I wanted 900 XP. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. That's what I wanted. I got swindled into that too. Yeah. My first machine was a 900 XP because, yeah. and, and they're great. They are. There's nothing bad about them. The argument <clears> for them <throat> is they're so much cheaper than a 1000 yeah. XP, but they have they technically have the same. They technology. do the same thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you got trailing arms. You got all the bells and whistles, but mm-hmm. it's, it's not the same. Yeah. So I bought it. I bought it used, mm-hmm. um, and then I rode it. My brother-in-law had a razor mm-hmm. for a little bit, and I think we rode together like four or five times. He sold it. So uh, we actually moved out to Woodbury, mm-hmm. bought our first house, and I went up to Robinson in Woodbury, and that's when I met Zach and a few other of those guys. Did you just meet them in the woods? Pretty much, yeah. That's crazy. And I had I had seen them before riding mm-hmm. four-wheelers there, but I had never really met them, I guess. But um, And that was the first day he bought the um, turquoise RSC single-seater. That's like the classic <clears throat> Zach buggy, which yeah. now Dustin has, right? Yeah. Okay. Tyler. 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 Yeah. Yeah. It's Dustin. Because his first name is Dustin. Okay, Tyler. Tyler. Yeah, okay, Tyler it. Young. Um, so that was like the first day he ever brought it out. <clears throat> and of course, I was just amazed at what it would do. And mm-hmm. I was trying to follow it in a 900 XP. You can imagine how that goes. So, uh, and then they were racing the straight up side by side series. Mm-hmm. Now, I need to say, too, for those who don't know and aren't local <clears throat> people, Robinson Ridge is kind of like the, the local spot for pretty much everybody in the surrounding area. It's where you go if you want to, you know, there's not like trail riding, yeah. right? You, there's there's enough trails for you to go on like a Sunday afternoon and you can kind of putz around. Yeah. But Robinson is pretty much balls to the Pretty ball. serious. Like yeah. it gets real serious real fast and there's yeah. not a whole lot of, um, you know, if you really know the place well, you can kind of skirt around and have trails. Yeah. Right? You can have a, a full day basically if you have yeah. a good group. Yeah. But, but I'll say this. The first couple of times of me going there, I didn't understand the severity. Yeah. I actually went, I think in like 2015, I went in a Jeep JK and like had no idea yeah, was what I was getting. Dude, the, the, the Jeep club here in town, Stones River Jeep club. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen them out there. I think, bro, I don't, I don't know if anyone, no offense to that. I don't think any of those guys listen to the show, but like, I don't think any of them know what they're doing. Yeah. And they took me out there one day and, uh, you know, so there's, there's a, there's a climb that I should have never been on. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's like you know where the gravel road goes up. You can go mm-hmm. left and yeah. then start all those little early hills. Yeah. Well, if you keep going and like it's like right after, it's like basically you you stay the left and you keep going and it's the last climb on the right. Yeah. I've climbed it in my razor and had issues. Yeah. I don't know what I was thinking. There's not enough room for a jeep there. I got peer pressured into it, <laughs> and I watched a four door go up it. And I was in a little two door and like yeah. had like you know, 35 pounds of air in my little Goodyear NTRs. Mm-hmm. I was, I was so green to the whole thing. Yeah. And I was like, so peer pressured and nervous. I'm, I'm going to climb this. I don't want to drive up this. Somehow I made it up it and like just immediately made it up it said, good job, everybody else. And I drove straight home. home. Dude, yeah. I was like, I am not, not on the right place. Yeah. But, but that was my first experience with Robinson. So I want people to understand that when you say, you know, you're following the RSC buggy around Robinson mm-hmm. in, a, in a full body. Yeah. That's a, that's, that's a pretty serious thing yeah. to say. Yeah. And even when I showed up, I know I got my like turbo razor and I took it to like AOP the first day. And then I showed up to Robinson. That's when I really started to come out and mm-hmm. see you guys. I hit some same situation where I was like, all right, I got to like, 
here we're at we're at a hill everybody's doing it and i'm just gonna try it yeah and it was it was the hill off of the right of pinks so mm-hmm. it's a pretty serious hill and when you don't yeah. when you've never driven the whole like committed hill killing style yeah. driving it's different oh dude i was terrified it yeah. was again i probably drove that hill immediately was like see you guys and went home <laughs> yeah and i was like i'm in the wrong place yeah. so i want people yeah. to understand that that you got i mean you got baptized by fire pretty much right out of the gate so i just want i just wanted to paint that at picture the, for at the time that buggy was probably like the baddest buggy yeah easy easy in the country because you know it, <clears throat> that was the time when the rsc chassis was the standard that was, cameron was running that was the like, very first single seat rsc chassis what did they, they do did they do two seaters before because yeah. i know that their their production chassis is eventually what yeah, this was that, before that machine, all that. that. That machine was essentially the model yeah. for that production chassis. Um, it was it was nasty. Yeah, it also, still is. It still is. Let me say that because it can still hang. It was mm-hmm. a pro rock, right? Yeah, and did yeah he did, was a pro rock dude. Crazy. Yeah, that 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 buggy is still doing its thing. But I'll say this uh, for that machine: how much horsepower did it have back then, as to compared to now? Um, because I know that it didn't have as much as it does now. Back then. They claimed it made 200 horsepower. Okay. But okay. it was on a, I think it was a stage three. Okay. I'm running 110. So, something like that. In 2016, though, and, oh, that and, was like the top of the line. It was mind boggling. Yeah. Because I've seen that thing now where it had like, I think, what's it up to now? Like, yeah, it's got big turbos, yeah. stage six, E85. I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself and going all out of order here, but I really am just like, that buggy, when you're trying to chase it in a full body, mm-hmm. is no joke yeah so so go on you get out there because i remember when i i keep interrupting and going on different tangents man it's because there's so i have so many personal memories yeah. of showing up yeah and just being blown away by what you guys could do mm-hmm. so uh one thing that zach told me when i was there was that uh he said we taught will how to drive now we'll teach you yeah i remember thinking i remember watching you in the full body being like i don't want to i don't even want to do that that doesn't look fun but go ahead how did it all happen for you um so they ran the straight up side by side series. I don't mm-hmm. know if you remember that, mm-hmm. but they had a they had an unlimited class and they had two production classes. They had a like an eight hundred and nine hundred okay. and yeah. a one thousand turbo class. Okay. <clears throat> so Zach was going to run it that whole year. I don't mm-hmm. remember what year it was, but um, so I ended up just going with him, mm-hmm. and I ran the nine hundred class. It was kind of like a little short course deal. So it was pretty fun. Did they have hill climbs in it too? For the unlimited. Okay. Not for the stock. Let's put a pin in that idea. Go ahead. Yeah. It was great series. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. So so you run that, you get some some real seat time in there. Yeah. When did you make the jump from I'm running the 900 class where we kind of, it's like a, not a watered down version, but it kind of is a watered down Mm -hmm. version um, to I'm hanging with the buggies because I came out there and you drove the wheels off that machine. I, I've never seen a full body. I had never seen before mm-hmm. a full body take on, you know, 90 degree walls and just to a flat landing. Yeah. Like you can drive the wheels. I mean, I just was so blown away that you could maneuver it like that. It's How crazy. You, when I looking back, what I did what I was able to do. And that's just it. it. You know what? Like there's sometimes when like, Hey man, you're crazy for trying that. Mm-hmm. You're crazy because you could do it. Yeah. So w- at what point, I mean, at what point do you have, like, what made you so good at driving that machine? I don't know. Just going every weekend, I guess. Because for a while, we would go Saturday and Sunday every yeah. weekend. That's a lot of time. That is a lot of time. It's, it's a, expensive, too. It is expensive, yeah. too. Because, I mean, 
pretty much every time I've been out there, somebody breaks something. Yeah, it's so, pretty much guaranteed. So uh, my question is, how did you learn how to do the maneuvering? And, and uh, a lot of what you guys do on those hills is finesse. Mm -hmm. it's, the, it's the fine details. A lot of it seems to be throttle control. Yeah. But like when, how did you <clears throat> learn? What came first? What did that process look like for you to learn how to drive all that stuff? I don't know. You just kind of figure it out. You just kind of try something and you get stuck. Mm -hmm. You got to back down. You got to figure out how to back down first. Yeah. You got to figure that out. Yeah. Once you kind of figure out how to back off of something, you're usually in pretty good shape. When did you shake the nerves or did you have those? I don't really have any nerves. So, so when you usually first got don't. started, there was not that like. Not really, no. Okay. I'm, Maybe a couple of times, but not, not often. I, 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 part of me is envious of that. And then yeah. part of me is not because yeah. I'm, I'm glad because it keeps me out of the spots where uh -huh. you guys, it'll keep you out of trouble. It keep you out of the bank account yeah. too. Yeah. You guys, I mean, we, you know, a tight spot for some people is like, Oh no, we're over on our side. Or we're going to rip a fender flare. Off. Right. A tight spot for you guys is I'm at the top of a 500 foot hill yeah. and we're going all the way to the bottom. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, it's a frame tweaker. Yeah. I would think, I think I was out there and you guys, like someone broke a frame and you guys, like I, I came out the next weekend and you guys were just like, same guy out there. Oh yeah. We just pulled everything out, fixed the frame and it's good. Yeah. And it's just, I've done that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Maybe it was in there. Yeah. It could have been. I don't know. Like I remember one day you were there. Um, I rolled off a rock ledge, yep. broke the steering rack. Yeah, dude, you hit your head pretty bad. Too. I did. That, yeah. that was something too. And I was gonna bring that up too, is like safety and stuff like that. But yeah, did you you broke a tie rod or did you break the whole uh, rack? just the rack? The just rack broke. Thing, yeah, dude. Like, you know, you go out and you, and you see people racing mm -hmm. and you see the damage that they get. But you guys are doing this on the weekend just for every fun. weekend, yeah. That is that was I think that was the thing that because when you show up and you don't know what to expect, like, mm -hmm. again, I was following you guys because I thought we were going to trail ride. And then yeah. you, you end at the bottom of some of these hills <laughs> and you're like, wow, that's amazing. And then you see the carnage that comes after. Yeah. And you're like, you know, for me, that would put me down for like a couple weeks. Mm -hmm. And then you guys next weekend, you're back yeah. at it. Yeah. Was it just the desire to ride or, or like what made you keep wanting to do these hills? I guess just. I don't know. I mean, everybody else was doing it. You yeah. might as well do it too. I, I, I get that yeah. because I mean, that is like, that's the riding spot. You mm -hmm. know, if you want to go to AOP or something like that for, yeah. for rock crawling, it's a big investment when yeah. Robinson's like, what, 30 minutes away. Yeah. And at the time I was only like 10 minutes away. Oh, that's pretty convincing so, yeah. too. That's nice. Uh, that's really nice actually. Yeah. So anyways, you, you spend all this time in the full body, uh, I mean, are there videos that you race in the full body? Um, Do you race any of the Southern Rock or anything like no, that? Okay. No, I don't think there is. Okay. Uh, now, I'm sure that there's some straight-up videos out there. I don't know if they videoed much of the production class. I know oh, they videoed yeah, the unlimited class, but usually the production was after that, mm -hmm. and everybody kind of went home. Yeah. It's kind of an interesting way. Who ran the straight-up uh, Chris Wilkerson was his name. Or is his name. Yeah, I've, I feel like I've seen that name yeah. in passing. Now, again, I think he's from Indiana, maybe. I could be wrong on it's that. A, it sounds right. No, I don't know for sure. They were the ones at Stony that had the yeah. issue. Okay, so that the race organization That's what ended that. Yeah, and and there's, you know, to me, like you know, to me, it's kind of one of those situations where it takes something really bad happening to institute like you know, uh, people not being so close to the course mm -hmm. and things like that. Yeah. Like in that scenario, that was the case. Yeah. But like, when when do you think these? We're kind of jumping around a little bit, but like. Safety at race organizations. Okay, we had something happen a few weeks ago. West mm -hmm. was terrible, awful, um, awful, awful. 
when, like when what what needs to what safety things do you have any con- I mean let me phrase it like this do you have any concerns about safety there's always everybody's got concerns I guess yeah um, or I guess is there an area where you would where you think like there's a big hole in safety I think on paper there's not mm-hmm. <clears throat> like if you go by the rule book mm-hmm. but like in reality nobody checks stuff yeah yeah I mean what do you think about tech like <clears throat> there is no tech right yeah. exactly. Which, uh, and I don't know that anybody wants a tech. I mean, who wants to be told they can't race? Nobody wants to be told that. Right. Nobody wants to be the bad guy. Right. But it probably needs to happen. Yeah. So I, I had a little rant I did in one of the previous podcast episodes. Yeah. And I agree 100 percent with that. It, it's it's basically just you know someone's got to have the stones to mm-hmm. tell a Tim Cameron or a Bobby, hey man, yeah. this isn't good enough. But to me, you know, Busted Knuckle put a video out this week, mm-hmm. and I think one of the like. On Facebook, they'll do like short versions of the video. The yeah. the first ten seconds of his video, it was Bill from Southern Rock uh, with Fire Aid in his hand, putting Wes out, like putting a fire out on his machine. Yeah, and then Wes going. Back that was up. that was the first deal, I think. Yes, that's Hill. Yeah. So Hill won. <clears throat> Hill one. There was like. Uh, you know, I think that there were sparks or something, or maybe a small plane. And then yeah. Hill 2, it was like obviously super, mm-hmm. super cloudy. But, you know, I, I use Wes as an example. Again, with all like with all the respect possible to the situation yeah. and everything like that. Because I think if we miss, you know, we need to take what we can learn from this, right? Yeah. We all want a recovery. We all respect mm-hmm. that. Like I don't don't I don't want people to take yeah. what I'm saying is me being like disrespectful yeah. to that. Yeah. But what I am saying is that okay. Literally in the middle of his run, his he had a fire put out, yeah. finished the hill, and then ran two more hills. Yeah. There's a problem there. Yeah. And there's a problem that nobody checked his machine from hill one to hill two. Mm-hmm. And then when he smoked really big on hill two, there's a gigantic problem. I mean, there was legitimate fire that I could see on the live feed from the production trailer. You could see it with your yeah. eyes. Yeah. You know, he's on fire. And you were several hundred yards away. And, and I'm, I'm 99% sure, I know that, that that live feed has been removed, mm-hmm. that I'm just like, hey, he's on fire, and yeah. he's going to finish the hill on fire. Yeah. And and it's kind of those things where, like, at the, you know, if you don't want to do tech every single race, check everybody's machines, or, like, tag them like Ultra 4 mm-hmm. does, you have to at least, if someone's on fire on hill one, you got to have somebody check it out. Yeah. you got to have them pass tech and say, uh, why were you on fire? Okay, your your turbo got too hot, it's too close to a piece of plastic. Between hill one and hill two, you have to make a change that that shows whoever's deemed a safety tech, yeah. the guy, yeah, that it's not going to happen on hill two. Yeah, that's I mean that's a kind of a it's a sucky thing because it's mm-hmm. I would say that seventy five percent of the time you're not going to be able to make that adjustment between yeah. hill one and hill yeah. two if it's something that serious. Yeah, I, I mean, <clears throat> but that. I think about that a lot because I feel like no one heard what I was saying and I feel like I didn't hear what I was saying either. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it's just casual. Like, you know, like we see Well, like, you were in the moment. Right, yeah. right. And, and and everybody's in the moment. And fire is really I mean, I'm not gonna say it's normal, but it yeah. happens it's exactly regularly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it, somebody flips over and exhaust catches on fire mm-hmm. or a little bit of oil leaks down on the header, mm-hmm. it's gonna catch on fire. But <clears throat> just like at bikini bottoms, I think two or three weekends after when Daniel rolled over on his side, yeah. if he had been on the other side, Same he would have been on fire. So what happened with that situation, and, and I may be wrong, but 
transfer or not transfer. I think it's transmission trans broke. Transmission the case broke. Yeah, the fluid went everywhere. And how do you prevent that? You can't prevent you, that. You, you to me, you should. I mean, you should have some protective stuff because yeah. it, from my understanding, what I was told was that you know it's open right there, <laughs> mm -hmm. and there was transmission fluid on him, and I was like, yeah, holy smokes, you know, like. I, I remember it's so funny on the live feed when I saw the fire, I like instantly went back and was just Flash like, back. it was awful. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I think things like fireproof hand, or gloves and shoes are probably something that mm -hmm. needs to happen too. Yeah. I know I talked to Lauren Healy and he was like, I had a giant fire under one of my machines one time. And he said the the soles of his shoes melted to the, the panel on the bottom. Mm -hmm. and I was like, Imagine if you know somebody's Reeboks that they're wearing in a in a brown yeah. rock bouncer. Yeah. Like that's gonna it's gonna melt your skin at yes, some point, dude. It's uh, anyways. Yeah. We got derailed, and, and again, I, I don't <laughs> want to like harp on the. Uh, I don't yeah. want to use Wes as an example. I hope that people don't hear that and, and think that's yeah. what that is. I think that it's time to prevent that from ever happening again. Yeah. So we gotta learn from it. Yeah. I think the fire aids thing, like spraying the dryer. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I, I ordered one of those. Yeah. That's an that's an amazing thing. But also, don't let the fire start. Mm -hmm. Do things to prevent the entire situation. Yeah. Uh, and and that's all. I mean, uh, that all comes down to the race organization. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think all of them can improve. Everybody yeah. can yeah. improve. Um, that's any race organization. Yeah. I mean, in, in, anything. Anything. Yeah. yeah. Anything. Any kind of motorsport. Yeah. But anyways, so <clears throat> you driving the wheels off this 900 XP, mm -hmm. okay? And then you go pick up this this chassis. Yeah. What? Tell me about the chassis beforehand, because it had it's had some life before you got it. Yeah. Um, when I got it, it was probably two or three years old. Mm -hmm. um, the guy that had it before me really didn't do a whole lot with it. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, he who, drove it. Who built it? I don't really know. I've never okay. gotten a straight answer. I've gotten a couple people have built it. Mm -hmm. Some have added on to it. I don't. Okay. I really don't know. Yeah. I, not that it matters. <clears throat> yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, but it's a uh, actually the back half and the front half is stock razor, the lower. Oh, <clears throat> you know how the razor have the yeah. square tube yeah. on the back? Yeah, mine still has. That. I've seen that yeah. actually. Yeah, now that you so said all that. that is factory. The front was factory. It's mm -hmm. not anymore. Um, I replaced all that this winter. Mm -hmm. But so you can have that nice RS one diff, right? Yeah, and I actually had the RS one diff in the factory nine hundred frame. How did you make that fit? You have to cut the front off. Oh, oh that, yeah. I don't know if you remember that yeah, piece. That yeah, piece yeah. I had in the front, it yeah. pulled straight out, and yeah. the diff pulled straight out the front. Wow. <clears throat> when you when you're, we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. So tell <laughs> me, you get everything plugged in. I remember watching you. I saw it on Facebook. Uh, you went. You picked up the chassis. Mm -hmm. and it wasn't like two days later. You had everything poured over. It was a little bit longer. It was pretty quick. It was, it was, it was like quick. a week. Maybe. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Just casually changing <clears throat> frames and we. Yeah. Uh, but you're out ripping. What are the differences? Full body to that chassis. Oh, it's a world difference. Explain. It's, it's amazing. There's a ton of people that have only had full bodies. Yeah. Like, I don't even know how to explain it. But the first time I took it out, um, like went to Robinson in Woodbury. Mm -hmm. um, there was a little hill that I always used to try in my full body. I would just roll up it because I knew it wouldn't go anywhere. Yeah. And so I did the same thing in the chassis. And I was like, this feels like it's going to go. So yeah. I mean, it just crawled it. It was like it was nothing. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, of course, we did a few hills, and then we did another one, and I went right up it. And Zach was there, and he told somebody, he said, "I beat on mine the other day for thirty minutes trying to get up that, and he just crawled it." Yeah. So it's just totally different. The center of gravity's lower. Mm -hmm. um, 
I guess that's really the biggest thing. The wheelbase, um, I that's probably gained insane. 18 inches of wheelbase. That's from huge. a stock 900 XP. What does that put you near? Put <clears> you <throat> about where a, I mean, it's longer than an XP. Oh, yeah, for sure. Wow. It's like 103, 104 inches. That's right. I don't know what a yeah. XP is. That's something. I think nice. it's short. I think it's like 95, yeah, 96, yeah. something like that. <clears throat> but yeah, you get the extra wheelbase. Um, it helps so much. Yeah, and your center of gravity is so much lower. You're not mm -hmm. sitting on top of the battery and the gas tank. You're sitting right on the skid plate. Yeah. Now, uh, <clears throat> steering. I always felt in, in my, you know, so here's what I always tell people. If you want to lose some of the millions of dollars of engineering that went into building a Razor, mm -hmm. right? Steers right. Suspension <clears throat> works right. It goes straight. You can turn the same amount left and right. Yeah. If you want to lose, if you're okay with like some some variables in there, get you a chassis because it's it's a performance wise no comparison. Mm -hmm. And you can you can tune suspension, you can you can really work with a chassis. It just becomes a completely one off situation. Yeah. But I know in my in my old rock bouncer, uh, it felt like a Formula One car when I steered because I, I had electronic power steering, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. I had I had a, everything was the same, but there was so much. Everything was in such a straight line because I was so much lower in the cockpit. Mm -hmm. It felt like a go-kart. You know how like you have real strong feedback yeah. and it's like you turn and it's like just really hard yeah. turning. Did yeah. you feel that when you switched over? Not really. Okay. Um, and when I first built it, it had a really big steering wheel on it. Yeah. It was like a 14 inch steering wheel, something, yeah. something crazy. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and it had the super ATV power steering. Is that worth anything? I didn't like it. Um, okay. That that's the easy steer, right? Yeah, and it okay. was an older model. Okay. Um, it really didn't do that great. I I know Zach <clears throat> used to run the gigantic steering wheel, and there's a bunch of guys yeah. that use that who don't. You know, there's there's layers to this, right? Yeah. You have stock steering. You have, in my opinion, the easy steer. Then you have the Saturn, which is what you got. That's what I've got now. And then you have the hydraulic yeah. that's out there. Now yeah. I found out how much a hydraulic costs, and I was like, "Holy, yeah, it's not dude. cheap, bro! It's like four grand just yeah. for the parts." Yeah. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Hey, look, <clears throat> mine goes straight, mine goes left and right. Well, there you go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, so you, you don't you don't like the Super ATV Easy Steer? Tell us about the Saturn <clears throat> conversion because I've looked into this too. It looks like a good yeah. idea. So uh, in that chassis, it didn't have the stock mounts or anything. It had the mount for the, the Super ATV. Mm -hmm. So I went to the junkyard. I researched online and then went to the junkyard and bought a power steering unit out of a Saturn View. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's like 03 to 07, something like that. You buy that. I think it's like 40 bucks. Yeah. And then you buy the little controller. That's $100 on eBay. Mm -hmm. And um, you have to cut the shaft off. You kind of have to change your steering shafts a little bit. But luckily... The mount I had, the bolt pattern was the same from the That's Super nice. ATV to the Saturn. So there's probably some cross engineering there. Yeah. A little, yeah. A little fishy. Yeah. Um, but the Saturn <laughs> is like twice the size of the Super ATV. Yeah. <clears throat> and I, uh, when I put mine in, I heard a lot of people having problems with them getting wet. Mm -hmm. So I uh, I sealed it all up with silicone and then I sprayed um, plastidip on yeah. it. Yeah. Just sealed it all, yeah. basically. And I haven't had, knock on wood, yeah. I haven't had any. Doesn't get wood. hot or anything? Doesn't get hot, nothing. Wow. It's been great. Yeah. It's been in there for three years. Yeah. It's So I've been talking to you about this for a while. Yes. Yeah. It's so funny. I actually told Johnny about it. And there's a kit you can order online. It's like 700 bucks. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Johnny went that route, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and, and for those who don't know, Johnny's just like a, fr a mutual <laughs> friend of ours who just has money and yeah, just does, like does whatever. <laughs> he just yeah. does whatever he yeah. wants. Um, so he loves it. 
Now yeah. you typically run 29s, like a little bit of a smaller tire. Mm -hmm. How much easier is it? Because you know, 29s on a stock like a like a thousand XP, yeah. and then 29s in the buggy. How much easier is it to steer with the Saturn? I would say, I wouldn't say it's twice as easy, but it's close to that. And there's a lot of different factors that go into it. Like my A arms have Himes on them, yeah. where you're running ball joints. Mm -hmm. um, How does that affect it? That's a little more drag on it. The Himes okay. are a little tighter than the ball joints. Okay. Um, and the steering rack, if you have if you have play in your steering rack, you don't notice it with the Saturn. That's nice. Because there's not really any, I don't know, it doesn't give a lot of feedback into the wheel. It kind of, the Saturn absorbs a lot of that. That's good. It doesn't ever jerk the wheel out of your hands. It's nice too. Yeah. It's in here I'm trying to think because I'm, uh, I'm 99% sure that I just did a really bad job of installing my A-arms. <laughs> but my, my sit, it's just not right. Yeah. And, and I, I wish I could find someone. Like I've talked to Michael Lee in Birmingham. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I, I'm almost ready to, if I'll say, well, I'm not going to do this in a little while, but uh, I was going to take my entire system down there and get the entire front end aligned yeah. because it is so finicky with these yeah, are. With adjustable yeah. setups. Yeah. I, so I was always a big proponent of like, why would you not want the adjustment if you can get it? Mm -hmm. But now I'm like, Please, it's a lot of work. Take the adjustment away from me and just give me something that is static and correct. Yeah. Because I know that if I can, if I get like ORB, right, mm -hmm. it's going to be pretty rare that those arms are going to blow out or anything like that. Yeah. So if something is incorrect there, then I've done something to my frame. Mm -hmm. And I would like, I don't like the guessing game. Yeah. I'm not a big fan <clears throat> of adjustable stuff. Yeah. And uh, I got essentially off road, they're building, he builds this like crazy ball joint eliminated system. Yeah, I'm gonna really try, nice. dude. I'm gonna give it a try. It's a yeah. totally custom hub and everything. Mm. I'm just gonna give it a try. It's yeah. one of those things where, uh, you know, he he wanted to he wanted some advertising, which essentially off road production cages. Yeah, good deal. Good deal. Uh, uh, and and I'm gonna try those out and give him some more research because yeah, it's just different. But the best part is he's gonna align it all for me. Mm -hmm. So I got to do it one there time and be done with it. There you go. And, and that way, it's all just it's all just yeah. done. But, yeah, that's a pretty cool kit. It's, I'm curious because it seems like it would be a no-brainer, mm -hmm. and especially like I, I don't know, it just seems better. And I don't, I don't know if it's more expensive. Like obviously, players haven't done the research to innovate mm -hmm. a system like that, but you would think that it would be a cheaper option because there's less parts. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to see it because I've never gotten my hands on them, but mm -hmm. it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Um, but anyways, we've totally derailed here. Uh, back to your 900 XP, right? You have. For the longest time, you were still running, you know, 29s. Uh, you had the 900 XP motor in there, and you're running 900 XP suspension. Mm -hmm. Over time, like you raced it like that for a really yeah. long time. Yeah. Had good success. Had nitrous on it. Had nitrous on it? Yeah. Okay, tell me about that. I didn't know that. I, it was like, it was a kit that Zach had. He had <laughs> his on the, the monster buggy was mm -hmm. 900. So he talked me into putting it on it. It was like a, a 50 shot. That's pretty good. It made a difference. Yeah. Yeah. How much of a difference, though? You could tell it. Just right off. I mean, when is the right time to use nitrous? It only it had a switch that only opened on wide open throttle. Okay. So once you got all the way in it, it would come on. Wow. But, I mean, you could you could feel it. Yeah. You could feel it when it came on. Now, it, forgive me my ignorance. So people don't, I don't think, know this all the time. I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty green to automotives, right? Yeah. I, I got into the off-road world, and I was like, I like suspension. And then I learned mm -hmm. nothing about anything else. Yeah. If you ask me something about an engine, probably, mm -hmm. I, know that, I know that transmissions are full of gears, and uh, 
That's about it. Anything yeah. hard parts, I'm I'm pretty good on. Yeah. But when, are you just shooting more flammable liquid into the cylinder? So it's is actually that what is? it's actually a gas. Okay. Um. So with more air, you can have more fuel. Right. So the more fuel you have, the more power you make. Right. So you shoot basically cold air plus a little bit of fuel. Mm -hmm. And it just it gives you more power. So is nitrous is it is it actually like nitrogen gas or yeah. is it okay? So it's just nitrogen. Huh. Yeah. Just more air in the cylinder. Yeah. Huh. It seems like that's easy. That's easier than I thought it was. Yeah. Like it's more simple. I guess yeah. is the right way. Yeah, it's pretty simple. I always thought it was like a, you know how you can put like fuel additive in. I always thought it was like you know like <laughs> a, little, a little something extra, a little spice in there. Yeah. Just yeah. made it burn hotter or something. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. Um, okay. So you have nitrous, right? Mm -hmm. Why did you not keep it in there? Because it's not in there right now, right? I uh, know. No. no, okay. no. <laughs> I don't know that anybody. I'm sure somebody's running on a turbo motor, but I don't know. Okay. Um, but I ran it, ran it for a while, a few months, mm -hmm. and I took it off and got to where I couldn't find any. Oh. I'd have to go to Lebanon to get it filled. Mm -hmm. How often were you going through things? <laughs> I think I filled it up two or three times. Were you using like a five or ten pound? It, yeah. Okay. It was like a five pound, I okay. think. It might have been a three pound. Okay. It wasn't very big. I'm about to say ten. It was, it was under the can. seat. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty small. It was five or smaller. Yeah. I would say. How many, how much, like, how many sprays do you think you get out of it? Oh, I don't know. Okay. You just turn it on and ride all day. So you, how, I mean, would you like two, three rides? You'd be out of, out of a can? Probably. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty good though. Yeah. That's pretty good. For yeah. a little three pound tank. Uh -huh. That's really cool. See now, again, my ignorance, fast and furious. I'm like, if you put nitrous in that thing, you're going to start blowing pieces out of the engine. Pistons are going to fly out. If you put too much, you can. So it's just a matter of the shot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Easy enough. Yeah. See, look, automotive expert. Mm -hmm. And that's another reason I took it off. It wasn't. I'm not gonna say it wasn't safe, but I didn't really want to blow it up. Sure, just, just because. Yeah, right. There's, and especially <clears throat> when you're out there playing. Yeah, like no reason, dude. I, I, it's so funny. Towards the end of it, I always used to watch Zach like go play on these hills, and I would, you know, y'all would always joke around about what stage tune mm -hmm. or something yeah. he had, and I was just like looking, and I was like, that engine is like blowing fire and like making all this like, Yeah, I'm like. You are. I felt like there was such high risk yeah. for just a little bit of like weekend fun. Yeah. I was like, that's amazing what they'll take. I dude, I have never so so can ams mm -hmm. right. The can am engine. I don't understand how you can. They are, they're squeezing upwards of three twenty five out of them, and it's yeah. mind boggling to me. Yeah. I think the the Evo guys have got some like close to five hundred on a can am. Yeah, bro. Why? I don't know why. I don't know. I've been in Hubert's stock machine. Why? You it's can't so use fast. All that. It's so. I mean, I guess you could in the dunes. Like I guess yeah. that's where it shines. Yeah. But it is so fast. Have you mm -hmm. been in the next three yet? Yeah. Okay. What do you think about it? Oh, um, do you get to drive? Yeah, I drove Chris's. Chris was. Oh, now he has the big charge tube and like big injectors yeah. and all that. So yeah. how did that feel? It was. It was different. It was like a cross between a chassis and a full body. Okay. It was like a mix between like you were set lower, but you still had all the plastic and stuff. Um, the suspension seemed like it worked really good. I only drove it probably like five minutes, maybe. Okay. But the frame seemed like it was really fragile. It seemed like yeah, the suspension took a lot of it, but what the suspension didn't take, the frame took. So I always, you could feel it moving. So okay, I'm glad you say that because I feel like every you know. When I talk to a KM guy, they're never going to tell me, yeah, Frank, you know, like yeah. Frank, you feel yeah. Frank moving around. But every time I've talked to a KM guy, I've been like, I, I think about when I rode with Hubert because he took me, I mean, wide open through the woods. Mm -hmm. And it's it, the, the 
power to the weight ratio of the frame, it's not right. Yeah. And you can feel when he went, when you really like let it completely go, you, to me, I felt like I was riding on something like made of aluminum foil, yeah. right? I was like yeah. a rocket ship attached like with yeah. aluminum foil. Yeah. It just didn't seem sturdy. Yeah. They don't feel rigid at all. Yeah. That's a great way to say it. It's not the rigid. It's kind of flimsy, I guess. Yeah. And he put the braces in his. Yeah. I, that was I, like the first thing he did. I remember when he got it. I tell people all the time. I've said on he the pulled it all before, apart. You yeah. pull everything out and you have to do that. Now, again, is that what the like average trail rider has to do? Probably not. I think Hubert does it because he has access to all mm -hmm. those parts because yeah. he, you know, you know, and he raced at the KOH too. And, and, and I always, I was, I was say like he races at KOH, but for me, it's, I think it's like, I think for him and I could be wrong, Hubert, I'm wrong and wrong. <laughs> it's like a kind of for funsy thing. Yeah, like I, yeah. I'm sure he goes out there, yeah. but I think I've seen, I was talking to him and I think it was uh, in 2019, he got DQ'd because he went around an obstacle. Yeah. Uh, that, that ultimately I think it took him a longer time or something like this. He was talking about justifying it somehow, but he was like, I just didn't want to beat the machine up. And I was like, Oh, okay. So yeah. you, you are out there. Yeah. Have fun. Like yeah. it is a fun thing. Yeah. And I, I always told him, I was like, that's a big commitment to have fun. Mm -hmm. Right. Like go across the country. I've been trying to get to Moab in the summer. Yeah. Dude, it's going to cost me a million and a half dollars. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you don't have two weeks off of work, you can't really do it. <clears throat> Two weeks off work, a truck that can get there. Mm -hmm. I mean, my truck, like, dude, I just, I just rebuilt my transmission. I'm like, oh, yeah. I, I'll be stuck in Mississippi <laughs> forever, and I'll never get it back. Yeah. And, and then, you know, I thought about shipping one of my machines out there, mm -hmm. and the pretty much the the cheapest way to do it is you have to have five machines, and it's a grand a machine. Yeah. And I'm like, I can find some more closer to run. I really thought about it, <laughs> and then, and the only thing, the only reason I really didn't take it up on that was because. You, you cannot fly directly into Moab. You have to fly to Salt Lake, get mm -hmm. a rental, and it's like four and a half hours away. I was like, that takes some of the fun out of it. Dude, it would be terrible knowing that you have four hours there, and I was going to spend three days or two days in Moab, yeah. and then have, I have to put my, put my machine back on a trailer, leave it, and then drive four and a half hours back to the airport and fly home. Yeah. It's just like, I get it, but you know, for a $5,000 trip, yeah, it's probably not. Yeah. I, I you could probably rent one for that. But which is not the same. I was talking to uh, uh, Justin Hoback uh, at uh, Bikini Bottoms, and he was telling me that they rented machines out there, and they have a list of like trails you can't do. Oh, and he said the machines, sense. these machines are like super scuffed, so they're that like so. prone to breaking. Yeah, and he, I think he said he broke like all four A arms or something like this, <laughs> and he had a bunch of extras in his uh, like his truck bed just uh -huh. somehow, and. Uh, I think that he said that they were like 2017 and up and the machine that he was riding in was like a 2015 yeah. and uh, DC Thompson was with them. And I hope I'm not going to get drove for saying this, but uh, <laughs> DC, they, you know, basically they get back and the arms are all messed up and they're going to get charged for them. Mm -hmm. And uh, Justin's like, well, I've got, you know, 10, 10 sets of a arms in yeah. my truck. Yeah. Like we'll, we'll just do this and you can actually, I think he was going to come away making some money mm -hmm. and, uh, DC was like, yeah, but you know those are those are 2017 arms and they're not yeah. they won't fit. The and, bolt's bigger, I think. And 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 uh, and I think uh, Justin said they got they got <laughs> a fight in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> I think he said they were actually fighting in the parking lot because, they, um, yeah, I mean obviously they didn't want to buy them after that. So, yeah. anyways, uh, renting machine it just doesn't sound like fun because Mitch yeah. and all it's I'm just gonna go with Mitch uh -huh. and they're all. Uh, 
you know, they're going to do the fun trails. So <clears> I doubt <throat> that I wouldn't be yeah. able to make them all, but who knows? We'll yeah. See. But anyways, back to you. Mm. You converted this, the 900 XP chassis. Um, you know, you did, you did some things here and there, but you ended up with a turbo motor in there and you're, you're converting the suspension over right now. Kind of. Um, half and Kinda. half. Yeah. yeah. The turbo motor, <clears throat> did it just go in the same way? Um, They're a little bit bigger. It's a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. um, I had to move. I know you've seen that aluminum panel. It's yep. like a firewall. I had to move it up probably six inches. Mm -hmm. I had to cut a bar out right in front of the motor um, and rebuild the motor mounts, transmission mounts. But other than that, it pretty much went right in. Yeah. That's one thing that I was really appreciated <clears throat> about the way that these UTVs are set up is engines pretty much just go in and out. Yeah. It seems it seems pretty straightforward. Yeah. It's not super complicated. And, and, it's, and, uh, and it'll all go – the motor transmission – Turbo and everything will go in mine mm -hmm. all together. You don't even have to take it apart. It's nice. It'll go in and out That's all together. Really nice. Yeah. I built that up. So <clears throat> I don't think, I think I actually might sell my machine because there's so, it's such in demand right mm -hmm. now. Um, I had a, I had like a title issue with mine. So mine yeah. doesn't have a title. Yeah. Don't steal my machine. Um, <laughs> I probably should title suck. Yeah. I went through that too. It's, it's the worst. Yeah. And um, long story short, I think I'm going to sell it while the demand is really high mm -hmm. and then just save it and I'll get a, something else sometime. Yeah. Cause it's, I mean, in, in two years we'll have enough machines, right? Like For everybody. Uh, uh, it's, it's crazy what's been going on with the demand. I saw like uh 2014, 1000 XP was going for like 15 grand. And yeah. I was like, that's crazy. It's like 3000 miles on it. And I was like, yeah. why am I not selling it? So <laughs> yeah. I'm going to dirty turtle this weekend yeah. and we're going to race it. Uh, and I just realized I derailed us again. <clears throat> again. Again. I'm sorry. I have so much I want to talk no, to you about. Fine. It's been so long. Yeah. But we'll talk about Dirty Turtle later, too. Uh, so you get the turbo in there. What was the hardest part of the entire process of converting it over now that you have, uh, you know, the RS1 diff in there, the engine, the trans, and you also have uh, turbo axles and things like that, mm -hmm. too? Yeah. Um. I don't know. Probably the getting the RS one in there the first time mm -hmm. that was that kind of threw me for a loop. It's much bigger. I had to sit there and look at it for a while. Mm -hmm. How much bigger is it than a nine hundred? What, what did you have in there? It had a one thousand XP okay. diff, and it was fully welded. Okay. And the only reason I took it out is it had a little crack in the front. Mm -hmm. um, I should have just welded it up and kept riding it, but I didn't <laughs> put the RS one in it. Yeah. Um, that kind of that took me a little bit to figure that out. Well, I, I remember when you redid the front end, it looks like the front end is, uh, I don't know, you know, obviously like less bar sometimes is stronger, mm -hmm. but it looks like what you have is super strong now. Yeah. I mean, you've got yeah, that. Now thing. it's pretty stout. Yeah. It's like a jail sale. Yeah. I think it's before the first, when I put it in at first, mm -hmm. um, the top A-arm mounts were mm -hmm. factory and they're like three quarter inch tubing. Mm -hmm. They're tiny. Yeah. And what I, what had happened is, you flip or something and it would twist that top, the top mount, mm -hmm. it would twist it. So I'd cut that apart and straighten it back out a couple of times. And I thought, I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. That's when I cut it all off. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Which I don't have any trouble cutting something off and right. redoing it. That doesn't bother me. <laughs> yeah. My dad says that all the time. Well, I mean, every single time you do it, you've made it better. Yeah. And, and I want to talk to you too about you're putting 1000 shocks in there. Mm -hmm. You have the front done right now, right? Yeah. How hard is it? I mean, how much thought are you putting into like shock angle and things like that? Are you just getting them in there? I'm just kind of just guessing, honestly, because I don't know what works and what won't work. I don't, I don't know. I don't have another one to go off of. Sure. Um, I kind of went off of what I already had, mm -hmm. the angles of it, and what would fit. Mm -hmm. 
So because the 900 XP shocks are way not only smaller, they're shorter, like they're they're shorter, but the diameter is much yeah, smaller yeah. too. Uh, how is the ride improvement now that you have the front done? Oh, it's just night and day difference. Really? Yeah. Is it is it more? I mean, you're getting more travel out of them, obviously. Yeah. But like, what is the biggest difference? Is it is it travel? Is it just comfort? Just performance? everything. Okay. The the 900 XP shocks they were factory original. Now, or 2014. You did have some triple rate springs on They there. did have some triple rate <laughs> springs. And those are custom. Yeah. And one <laughs> shock, one shock actually didn't match. I broke one. Really? I just bought one and put it on it. So yeah. they were wore out. They still, well, the back still are wore out. Mm -hmm. um, they didn't really, the springs were wore out. They were really stiff. And I put the, I put those 1000 XP shocks on the front mm -hmm. and I drove it to the yard. And you've been to my house, but my yeah. yard has got where they dug our, um, lines for our septic tank it's kind of got, got some whoops to it yeah. yeah and used to i could go through there like 35 40 and it'd be bouncing around everywhere mm -hmm. now with the with just the front shocks i can go through there 60 miles an hour That's never, never picks a tire up really yeah and it's crazy to watch just the front tires how much more they move mm -hmm. Now, when are you going to do the rear? Because the rear end, I don't is, know. That's a totally way, different. Animal. It's different. It's yeah. way different than what yeah. you got right now. The front shocks are only about two inches longer, mm -hmm. and the diameter really doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. But the rear, they're a foot longer. Yeah, and they're probably three inches bigger around. Yeah, because the 900 XP, they're like tucked <clears throat> underneath the body. They are. Yeah. Whereas the 1000, it's like almost. They're like angled in. Yeah. Yeah. That's gonna, that's that's gonna be work. Do you have the shocks already? I do have the shots. Okay. Yeah, I just, just haven't wait, done it. What are you waiting on? I don't know. <laughs> just time, I guess. I understand that, man. Yeah. I understand that. So, uh, your race career. Tell me what's your best finish? What's your favorite place to go race at? And then tell me uh, just something else about racing, about what you think about racing right now. It's expensive. It is. Holy yeah. smokes, dude. I don't know how you'll do it. Yeah. Oh, I, dude, I don't do it a lot. Dude, I don't know how these yeah. like look at entry fees uh -huh. and all that. I forget all the time that like, Entry fees are like three hundred bucks. Yeah, mind blow. Yeah, where's your favorite place to race? Um, probably Windrock. Like I like Windrock. Do you like the? Old I like the old Windrock, like we did for SRS. Yes, this year. Yeah. yeah, yeah, those are cool. That was pretty fun. Yeah, those are to me. Those are like real straightforward hills. Yeah. Uh, now the the places they've ran in the past. Have you ran there too? Where yeah, they're like super yeah. long. What do you think about those? Um, I like them, but the risk to reward is not. Great. Yeah. If you flip from the top of one of those, it's a bad day. Who Was it Pro Rock at the end of last yeah. year? You <clears throat> climbed the craziest thing yeah. I think I've ever seen you climb. Yeah. How long is that hill? Like, I don't even know. I mean, it's probably, what, uh, 1,500 feet, 2,000 feet? No, it's not that. I don't it's, know. it's probably, what, a quarter mile? Uh, I don't know. It's long. It is long. And the very end is really steep. Yeah, it's just like a straight-up rock bluff, and yeah. it's at an angle. Yeah. Well, I remember watching the videos and every, you know, it's so funny. I, I don't ever really know who goes to a race mm -hmm. until I watch like the recap, yeah. especially with Pro Rock because they don't have any kind of like live updates. Yeah. But uh, I just remember watching everybody was like, it was like peeling off the top mm -hmm. of it, just falling back. And then I see you and I'm like, oh, yeah. oh no. Yeah. And then I watch you come up and it's like, it's like you just float just barely and you yeah. climb it, man. Yeah. Is there a secret to hills like that? Or at that point, is it just luck? I, I guess it's just luck because. I had watched a few people hit that second hill, mm -hmm. um, and I had in my head that I wasn't going to do it. I was going to go around because okay. I gave you an option mm -hmm. to go around, and um, 
I watched a couple people and they were making it. Wade made it, and mm-hmm. his was barely run. I was like, well, if he can make it, anybody can make it. <laughs> and then I was sitting there getting ready to go, and Paul flipped off of it. Yeah. And uh, somebody came and told me, they're like, be careful if you're going to go that way. I was like, ah, I'm not going that way. Yeah. So I get up there, and I thought in my head, it depends on how it lands after that first little hump. Right, right? because that's your running Because that's that determines a lot of it. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people will get there and then have to turn or whatever. So I came over that, and it landed right where it needed to. I thought, well, I'll just go for it. So Dude, I went for it, and it went. Where would yeah. you end up finishing that race? Because not a lot of people uh, climb hill, too. Sixth, I think. What's uh fifth? Fifth. fifth. Okay, fifth. I, was say, I thought it was yeah. fifth. Fifth. What's your best finish? Third. Third. Yeah. Where'd you finish third at? AOP. Really? I finished third at AOP three times. Uh, was it on the, the like that big crevice hill? The one shot hill. Yeah. Okay. So I did that in the full body when they did the. You couldn't look at the hill or anything. That was really yeah. cool. Is that your favorite kind of racing where it's, where it's something like where you can't look at the hill? Or I guess that's the only time we've ever done that. And it was who who did that? Um, was it AOP? AOP when Tom that? owned it, dude. AOP, when they they have their race series, like mm-hmm. I, I thought the the riot hill thing was it was interesting this year, yeah. it, was, it was okay. Um, but AOP probably has some of my favorite races. Yeah, that was that was the first event I ever went to was at AOP, really. Yeah, dude, the, that's uh, rough. The well, not racing. Just okay. watch. Okay, okay, gotcha. The fifty thousand dollar bounty bounty hill On series they did. and all that, like all the big stuff off yeah. forty one. Yeah, dude, those are the those are those are hills you drive by and you laugh because it's like no, no, no it's yeah. That. I went to the first one and I think only two people climbed it. That was the first event I'd ever been to. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, this is pretty cool. I'm yeah, I have to get more into this. And I went to the second one. And I don't think I went to the third one. I had mm-hmm. something to do, but. But yeah, that's the first event I actually went and watched. Now, was this pre full body? I had the full body then. Okay. Yeah. So when you kind of got into the 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 deep rock bouncing scene all at the time you got the full body. Yeah. When did you decide that you wanted to race on the hill stuff? Um, I guess whenever Zach was racing and I went with him. Yeah. Yeah. So it kind of just when I got a buggy. Like you just Doing it with your friends and it yeah. keeps progressing. And the next much. thing you know, Here you're, we are. you're 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 Mr. Will Bell, the race team man. I guess. Yeah. So uh, obviously, I mean, you've had awesome. In my opinion, you've had really awesome runs this year. I got to mm-hmm. see you at Winrock. Have you been anywhere else this year? I went to Winrock, then I went to uh, the Point One race in Illinois. Tell me about racing Point One. I wanted to ask you about that. It was great. They it seemed was- like they're really organized and mm-hmm. they got everything kind of figured out. It seems like the people that run that race series are are more loved than any other. They people. are. It's more of a family yeah, thing. I mean, that there was more racers there than I think has been anywhere this year. Mm-hmm. I was, I mean, it was really cool. That's the first time I've ever raced with that group mm-hmm. of people. Now that's the so that's the former outlaw. Former it's like outlaw. They had you know, part, they part had some kind of weird split. I, yeah. I had Shelby on the show, and I didn't really dig too hard into yeah. it, but uh, it. it I've never been to one of their events. I'm going to have to go to one mm-hmm. because it seems like everybody says it's such a stark difference from yeah. all the other race days. Yeah. And it, to me, it feels like it'd be hard to like legitimately like quantify like that yeah. feeling. Yeah. But when everybody says the same thing, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm so interested. Did you notice anything? I mean, that you're being your first time, what really made you feel like it was a family environment? Is it just because there's kids there? Or? Just, I don't know. Everybody knew each other. And even though it was like, I'm not going to say a different crowd. It mm-hmm. was the same crowd, but there was different people there, mm-hmm. and everybody just kind of hung out. And yeah. 
Yeah. So it was like a a, a vibe. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I, I've always, you know, I've been to Pro Rock. I've been to uh, National Rock Racing Association, and it's so. I feel like I have a skewed view of some of this stuff mm-hmm. because uh, I don't ever get to really see anybody else when I'm doing yeah. the hosting stuff, yeah. and it, it's it's really weird. I like show up, do my job, and go you go to the hotel, yeah. take a nap, and then come back. Yeah. And it's like we go home. Yeah. It, it's really. It's really strange. Yeah, I'll tell you. I don't, how do you think? Uh, I'm trying to think about how to how to open this conversation. Uh, <laughs> so obviously, I think the National Rock Racing Association is the number one when it comes to the rock bouncing racing mm-hmm. leagues. Right? They're the biggest. They've got the live feed. They've got uh, you know that's the seems to be if you're going to be a, a professional racer, that's the that's series that you run. Right? Yeah. Um, how do you think? <clears throat> The future. What do you think the future of rock bouncing looks like? Because you know, UTVs and rock bouncers—they're a little different, but mm-hmm. they kind of get packaged together. But, yes. but how do you think that it moves on from here? What do you think the future is? I don't really know. I think it's either going to get really big, or it's kind of going to not necessarily die off, but mm-hmm. it's going to get—it's not really going to gain any traction. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be one or the other. Yeah, I, I have that feeling <clears> too. And I think everything's kind of at the breaking point but i don't know if it can go past that and i'm not sure like and again you know i think that i think that people have have seen me work with them and feel mm-hmm. like i may have like insider knowledge or anything yeah. like that dude i show up i do my job and, I'll go leave, and like it's i know i know a, a lot of nothing you yeah know? um i don't know what the future is yeah I and, and, and i think Showing up and working, I, I know less. Like, <laughs> like you know, you always you always put your faith that like, oh, they you know they're doing they're doing yeah. they're doing something. And I'm, yeah. I'm like, I see what the end goal is, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure that if it's sponsors, like yeah. I'm not sure if it's more money. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's you know more parks like Bikini Bottom because mm-hmm. that was the first time I'd been to Bikini yeah, Bottom a couple weeks there. ago. Dude, it's weird. It's it is legitimately. Uh, it's like going to a stadium, right? Mm-hmm. And and you know if they had like a high riser hill, right? If they built a hill to that was a high riser, it would legitimately be like a stadium style seating, and you just have this rock bouncer like course. Yeah, it, it, playground. Yeah, exactly. And and it's it's pretty interesting. I don't know if that is the future. Like if that will help gain traction with yeah. more of these things. Yeah. Um, I know that. It is every driver's least favorite place to go race because mm-hmm. it's so I've hard on parts and, and yeah. just you know, Fable Hill is a mess. Yeah. Like it is rough. Concrete's rough, dude. It, I, so I went up to it and like even pulling up, the whole hill is just giant. But like Fable Hill, <clears throat> it is so much more steep. It is so much more slick mm-hmm. than it lets on to be. Yeah, you know, like you saw Bobby this past couple weekends ago. He just like matted it to the floor and just did, like that's how you have to drive. Mm-hmm. There is no finesse or anything like that and i guess that's like that like that's what rock bouncers do right mm-hmm. that park is forcing you to do the rock bouncer yeah thing. and but nobody wants to do it on piece of concrete right and, and, the, and I, the thing that i when i got it and looked at it in person the thing that was kind of shocking to me was that it's not like concrete sitting on top of dirt mm-hmm. they poured concrete underneath it and then they yeah. put more concrete on top yeah. so it wouldn't move it's pretty that's, serious that's why it hurts is yeah. because it's it's you know, solid. Yeah. If you fell on the sidewalk, like, you know, I'm trying to think if you've ever fallen on sidewalk or like really crappy sidewalk, mm-hmm. you kind of feel the ground underneath yeah. it, dude, you fall on that and it's like hitting a, a building. It's mm-hmm. awful. Yeah. And I get why people don't like it, but it also seems like there's a lot of bad luck there too. Yeah. I don't know why. Uh, I talked to 
Tim or someone the other day, and he's, or I think it was Paul Wolf actually. And he was like, drivers let it get in their head at this place. Mm-hmm. And he said, if you just don't worry about it, you're fine. But he's yeah. like, he's like, you just get in your head and people make weird mistakes here. Yeah. And I don't know, but I don't know. I mean, I, I think I agree with you though. Uh, it either is going to fizzle or it's going to pop off. Yeah. And let me ask you this. When you like look at the live feed and things like that, mm-hmm. what, what would be your, and again, you know, don't just cause I'm here. Don't, you know, don't really think that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So when you look at that, do you, do you feel that that's a, a professional representation of what the sport is? Cause when I, when I think about it, like, like sports center, right. Mm-hmm. You go watch a, a NASCAR race. Yeah. They, there's that kind of thing. Or does it, what does it feel like to you? It's kind of an in-between to me. Um, there's quite a bit of professionalism there, but there's still some dead areas, I guess. I don't really know how to explain it. But. Yeah. Because <clears throat> just being on the inside, I feel like, you know, and, and again, you know, kind of is what it is. Yeah. I have no, no hold bar. Yeah. Uh, I feel like one of my goals coming in was mm-hmm. – to bring professionalism and yeah. structure, yeah. right? Because I'm a big, I'm a big thing, big believer in like structure is is freedom, and structure mm-hmm. will will give it, um, it'll just make it tighter, right? Yeah. And I just I don't think it's I don't think it's there yet. Yeah. It's like it's like trying to grab onto a bar of soap that's, wet, <clears> you know. Mm-hmm. I think when I when I get there, I'm like, oh yeah, we got this. Like, let's fill it with, you know, there's there's a couple different schools of thought, right? You can have an entertaining show. Or you can have an informational, like, kind of reporting the news style. And then there's something in between. Yeah. And I think the something in between is always the goal. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I, I'm like not, you know, I'm not, I'm not I'm very self-aware. I am very much like the informational side yeah. and way less like funny and yeah. like, like, I don't, I'm, I'm not, you can ask my wife. My wife makes fun of me all the time. <laughs> I am so not funny. Yeah. And sometimes I try and I'm like, oh, it just didn't work. But yeah, I, I really feel like, you know, to bring the professionalism to the present, like the entire presentation, I think they're getting there. Mm-hmm. I think it's uh, personally, I think it's a manpower issue. Yeah. One thing that I didn't know when I got there is like, you got like two people doing everything, mm-hmm. like yeah. setting up the course, you know, setting up timers. It, basically there's like two people doing everything. Yeah. It's such an underpowered. I think thing. it's, I think it's kind of a structure issue too. Mm-hmm. Like you can have this show, but if what you're, broadcasting what you're filming isn't structured consistent well, or structured well you're not going to have a good show really yeah i mean you may go an hour with a recovery that's or 30 true. minutes with a recovery let me ask you and what do you do in that time well to me that's where like if i'm in that scenario I, i'll talk about the machines it's whatever i'll, I'll yeah. try and talk about you know I, i'm not a big fan of crowd work i don't mm-hmm. i don't think that's any surprise to anybody yeah. like People who are watching the live feed, that's great. But to me, you know, I, I want to be sitting on ESPN where I have no idea who's watching. Right? Yeah. I want to. I want to explain to you why these machines do this or why drivers choose to do this. I want you mm-hmm. to to learn more about the sport so that you can, uh, you know, you can you can get more value from it. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't. <clears throat> I don't know how I feel about like breaking the third wall. You know, I think Ultra Four has done that too for the first time this year. Mm-hmm. They've incorporated like. Facebook messages and stuff like that, like on screen. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, I don't know. And that whole that adds a whole other layer to it. It does. And it, and it becomes this kind of weird, like, I don't know, like not a, not a, 
I don't know. I don't know how to quantify it, right? Because mm-hmm. I don't think it's in either one of the camps yet. Like, I don't think it's fully like entertainment, and I don't think it's fully like a sports cast. Yeah. It's this weird group or weird hybrid thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that, in my opinion, the live feed needs to go one way or the other, right? Yeah. It either needs to be an entertainment thing where you're putting on a show, right? Mm-hmm. Like Monster Jam. When you go to Monster Jam or you go see a show in like an arena, there's someone there like captivating you during the downtime yeah. and they're like, you know, grave diggers got beef with such and yeah. such. And they're going to do, they're got to go head to head in the freestyle. Like, you know, that kind of builds drama and it's entertainment. Mm-hmm. And then you have NASCAR, which is, you know, here's this guy's record. Here's what he did, you know, during the off season. Yeah. And he's got to get this many points to beat this guy. And it's very structured and a little dry. Mm-hmm. Like it is dry, but it's a different thing. Yeah. People still enjoy it. Exactly. And, yeah. and it's, you know, I, you, of course you'll get like sports casters, like cracking jokes and stuff, but mm-hmm. you know, is it, is it like, you know, telling somebody to hit it with their purse? Yeah. I think that kind of, <laughs> that's the kind of stuff where I'm like, oh, gosh, man, if you, go, yeah. if you want, if you want progressive, if you want Ford, uh-huh. if you want Chevy, you can't be telling people to hit it with the purse. Yeah. Like that's just a yeah. swing and a miss for me. Yeah. But I get that it also is part of the entertainment. So it is a balance. I don't know. Yeah. What do you think about it? Because you're 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 the consumer. I mean, you watch. Yeah, I mean, I watch it pretty regularly. Yeah. Um, I think you've done a really good job staying on topic. Mm-hmm. Like you mentioned all the sponsors and yeah, that's another thing. Stuff too. like that. Like, there's a lot of sponsors, dude. And there's some sponsors that don't get any love. Yeah. Like I, like I keep I always look at speech trap. And I'm not, I don't even know really what they, I think they have a recovery tool. That's like a Bubba winch. Yeah, thing. Yeah. I never heard of them. Uh-huh. And I'm like, y'all don't get any love. And I'm like, dang, dude, that sucks. You know? Uh, so I always try. And cause I know that that provides value for the race organization. I try to be selfless when I'm up yeah. there and like, you know, do what I feel like is needed for the mm-hmm. race series. And I don't know. I don't know if it's been well received. Yeah. Kind of have, have, have mixed emotions mixed about emotions. it. Yeah. That's yeah. right. I say it. I understand. But right. you're the new guy. I am the new guy. Yeah. And it's, it's, I know I told Clyde too, I'm, I, you know, I told him when we started that this first year, I wanted it to be like, if it's a good fit mm-hmm. type thing and yeah. see yeah. how it worked out. Yeah. And we'll see. I'll tell you this, being away from the family is hard. Yeah. Being away from the family yeah. is super hard. Um, they got to go to Wildcat though, didn't they? They did, but it was, it, Wildcat was really rained, muddy. And yeah. And, the parking lot to the production booth. Yeah. It's like, where do you take your wife and her right. and our one month old baby yeah. at the time? My wife doesn't enjoy that either. I don't blame her. She doesn't go with me much. Yeah. Well, I do. <laughs> I tell even, even my friends, I'm like, why would you guys want to go sit at a race that I'm not going to be like, you know, it's mm-hmm. not a good time. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, if y'all don't really care about it, you want to go spend time with me. Don't come. Yeah. Don't, don't be there. It is nice to get a little bit of time, like away from everything here. Yeah. I can kind of, yeah. I get, I get one night of like complete silence. Uh-huh. That's great. <laughs> um, but uh, it's needless to say that I, I would much prefer to be here yeah. if I could. Yeah. But anyways, we have Dirty Turtle coming up next mm-hmm. weekend. Do you have any plans to be there? I don't know yet. I've thought about it. Why don't, don't you come? come? Because you see this guy? Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna nice. do it. I'm gonna do another video after this. So this right That's here, nice. after the race on Friday, we are going to uh, be doing some short course racing. Fastest time of the day. Yes, that. Yeah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna get a six pack of Natty Light. The worst thing, <laughs> Natty Ice, whatever it costs five dollars, yeah. right? Uh, and that's what you'll get because uh, yeah. I think I was talking to James Cantrell. He's gonna bring his like beater Cherokee, uh-huh. and he's gonna bring it side by side. But 
Uh, I think Bree's going to bring her little turbo four-seater. Yeah. I'm going to get that thing out. I haven't ridden all year. Mm-hmm. I haven't been much this year. It's, I mean, just, I don't know if it's like a dead year if nobody's riding. Yeah. I feel like everyone had kids, right? In the yeah. pandemic. Zach has had, had a kid. Yeah. Uh, I have one. And like, it just seems like everybody's tied up this mm-hmm. year. I keep telling my wife, uh, that I'm like banking on when our kids grow up. Like that's the time that I'm banking. I'm like, like I'm fine. I'll just take it all on chin right now. Yeah. And then in in five years or six or seven years when they're old enough to go ride with me, we'll go ride. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a little, it's a little ways away. Yeah. But uh, it's a little ways down the road. Yeah. You're gonna have to come race for it. Those one thousand shocks will look good on the race course. Yeah. I'm mm. serious. You gotta come. We'll see. Okay. I'll be out there. I got spare <clears throat> tires too. If you need yeah. to bring some some yeah. big old grip tires, I don't know if it's gonna rain. Every time they go to Dirty Turtle, it rains. It rains. Yeah. I really don't want it to rain. Yeah, Pro Rock usually goes there in February, and it's it snowed last last year. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. they had the endurance race in, like, yeah. the snow still. Yeah. Pass. Pass. A solid yeah. pass for me. Yeah, that was rough. So you were there? Yeah, I was there. That's cold. Yeah. Is that even enjoyable? Not really. Okay. No. I wouldn't think so. Which I wasn't there that morning. We drove up that morning, yeah. and then, uh, of course, raced that afternoon. But it got cold when it got dark. What do you think about racing on two days versus racing on one day? I see the advantages of both. I don't like racing on Fridays. Mm-hmm. Well, I do like racing on Fridays, but I don't like racing on Fridays. I don't like having to take off work. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it's kind of annoying. It is. And it's not that I don't have the time to take off work. I just feel bad. I mean, if you take off three Fridays a month. Well, I mean, that and you're cutting vacation. Out and you're cutting like, vacation. Yeah. That's what gets me. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. all these times I'm leaving, I'm like, oh, man, I hope we yeah. can go to Florida. Like, oh, I want to go to Florida this year. Yeah. Am I going to have time to do that? Uh-huh. And, I mean, I feel like it helps them fit everything in, but yeah. I think it can all be done in one day How do you, if you're organized. Do you feel like Pro Rock is rushed in a day? Uh, it depends on how they do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, it, it usually is rushed. It seems like it's event to event on the <laughs> success or not. Yeah. I'll tell you what blew me away. Did you watch the Ultra Force stuff at Rush? I didn't. I didn't watch any of that. They started at 6.30 a.m. Central Time. Yeah. I do know when they started and when they stopped. Dude. They had that, everything. I would have been miserable that dude, day. They had everything done by now. <laughs> that is crazy. Yeah. And I think Pro Rock didn't. There was like a six-hour They start till six. Dude. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. I'm not a big fan of racing at night. No. The endurance race I did with them was at night. Like, it was fun. But AOP at night is not. Yeah, it was not nice to the machine. And AOP is only an hour and a half from here, two hours you from know, here. It's funny. It's, it's a big difference in Rush being eight hours away. Well, agreed. I qualified for some reason. They did qualifying on Friday night, mm-hmm. and then I drove home, came home, put yeah. a new bearing in, relaxed. Yeah. And I, I was like, I got up super early because I was ready to go, and then mm-hmm. I was like, oh wait, it's not till six p.m. Yeah. Kind of was one of those things where I was like, I really wish it was earlier. Yeah. Uh, but it was cool to race at night. Uh, I think the rock bouncer stuff at night is cool because it's different, right? Yeah. We only have one a year, really. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I feel like I feel like two days. You're right. You can do it both ways. It just feels different every yeah. day. If I'm a spectator, I'm excited about it. Do you like endurance racing? No, I'm not a big fan of it. It's hard to watch. It's hard for me to get into it and watch in person or like online. Both. Okay. Yeah, I get that. I feel like which I don't really know that many people that do it either. That's, yeah, that's another thing. Yeah, it's I, I kind of got into it when I was in the Jeeps, right? Because mm-hmm. Jeeps and Ultra Force, for some reason, they they kind of go together. They blend more. Yeah, and uh, I got really into it, and and I didn't keep up. Like, if you ask me, anyone outside of the forty four hundred class, mm-hmm. when I was doing that stuff, I would have no idea. Who they that's are. another thing. I don't even know what all the classes are. Right. So you have like unlimited, and then like unlimited, half unlimited. 
and then stock. Yeah. That's pretty much how it works. Which is really not stock, but yeah. So let's talk about the stock class in the National Rock Racing Association. How do you feel about that? Uh, I feel like the intent is there. It's good intentions, yeah. but I feel like they missed the mark with the rules, I guess. How, what how would they miss? Um, they didn't, I guess they didn't put enough rules in. Mm-hmm. They kind of just left it open. Stock frames, stock plastics. What What would you have liked to have seen? I would like to see an actual stock class. Like, I don't know. And I've thought about it, but I don't know how you would limit it. I thought about like, um, you could do like you only have a certain amount of budget for your a arms or for your axles or whatever but i don't know that that would work what if what if they let you do like a arms radius rods trailing arms yeah and like that was it that would work and then well i guess you have to look at front diff too right front diff and axles i mean when does it stop mm -hmm. Hmm. i feel like you could be budgeted a certain dollar amount for the part mm-hmm. and then say if you only were budgeted $200 for an axle and you were running an RCV axle, mm-hmm. the guy you were racing against could come buy that axle for $200. Yeah. I, I think you probably have to have like a list of approved parts. Yeah. Right? Something like that. To me, the easiest way to do it is no engine modifications. That's where you get the level playing field because all the hard parts, you know, if you want to build a bulletproof like driveline, great. Mm-hmm. I think the, the big turnoff is, the machines out there that are 350 horsepower yeah. in a stock class. I think the driveline has a lot more to do with it too. Okay. Yeah. Cause so, I mean, even with a stock motor, your driveline is not going to hold up. That's true. I mean, I you mean, break, I mean, you break anything. Yeah. You yeah. could go out there. If you say, if you got a stock <clears throat> turbo motor mm-hmm. and stock axles, you go up there and you do a little jump, you land in the gas, you got one or two axles broke in the front mm-hmm. diff. That's true. But if the same guy or if a different guy comes in with RCVs and a spool in the front diff, he's going to land and go on. I haven't put that much thought into it. <clears throat> stock axles, stock diff, stock driveline, upgraded A-arms and, uh, upgraded A-arms and radius yeah. rods. That's, I think that's how you fix it. Yeah, but – Nobody wants to do that. Nobody, nobody wants, wants to do that. Nobody wants to have that machine at their house because they yeah. can't do anything. They can't do anything with it. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. I have yeah. to think about that too. And I think that I think you would have to allow some kind of aftermarket parts, but mm-hmm. maybe not the best aftermarket parts. And but then you start getting into like brands being like, well, why right. are you excluding just my right. brand? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. It'd be a weird thing because it could get really technical yeah. really fast. And that's another thing with tech. You have to pass some kind of tech. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's gross. And I also don't think you should have your champion running in it either. For the for the unlimited class, yeah. yeah. If it's a different machine, I feel like it True. would be it would yeah. be okay because yeah. then it really refines it down to the driver, right? Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I agree. I think I, you know, no no hate on Paul. Yeah, exactly. No hate, dude. Yeah. He's, he's winning. Yeah, he's because within the rules. He's within the rules, and, and he's he got, winning. Yes, uh, I think he's won every one of them so far. I think so, but. It's a little bit un- unfair. I think yeah. I think they're going to take out hydraulic steering is what I've heard. Yeah. Is you can't do hydraulic steering. In, I'm sure that there'll be some kind of engine thing that you mm-hmm. can't do or can't over, over go, go over or whatever. Yeah. Uh, probably do something like stock turbos, things like yeah. that. But, um, yeah. I didn't, I didn't even think about the steering stuff. Yeah. But it seems to be a big issue. Yeah. People all up to me, they missed the mark with it. Yeah. Well, I think they've seen that when <clears throat> at Winrock had a huge turnout and then yeah. at like uh, – Bikini bottoms at like five. Yeah, I think in Oklahoma there were seven. Okay. But yeah, there was only five at Bikini Bottoms. 
I would never take a stock machine <clears throat> to bikini. I would never run no. on full body. No. That was that to me. I'm like, mm, this isn't the part to do that. At. Yeah. And but, another thing that was kind of fishy about bikini bottoms, they let a four seater with a stock cage run the bounty class. How does that work? I, I shouldn't have. Shouldn't have. I don't think that works in any rule book. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Shouldn't have. That's a good. That's they, a good it may fit the rule. I don't know exactly how the rules are written. It may be that for it's the cage tied right? in in so many places. And, and what you're saying, basically, for those who aren't 100 familiar with what we're getting at, <clears throat> stock cage. If he had rolled, he'd yeah, be in, he'd be in a he'd yeah. be in a really really bad yeah. position uh, because bikini bottoms. If you roll, you roll a long way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I felt that way at a uh, Hollerwood last year when uh, I think it was. Matt Schussler was running that four seater. Yeah. Or I don't remember who it was. Yeah. And they it was like, Jake Pike, I think. Yeah. They were just like doing these turns and stuff. And yeah. I'm like, I got real stressed out watching it. <clears> Which that was just the cup, but mm -hmm. I think the bounty is a little bit different. I think so too. But at the same time, I wouldn't even it's allow the, it. Yeah. I, I wouldn't. Yeah. If it's me, you've got to have some kind of aftermarket support. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. The whole thing, you know, it just, I don't. I don't, I've seen too many of those cages like completely just smashed in mm -hmm. for it to be okay at all. Yeah. Opinion. I wouldn't want to be in it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let me ask you about the R stuff because you had the OG, you had like an Axial AX10. I right? did. Yeah. Like the real legit crawler from yeah. Axial way back when. Yeah. And this this year, you got yourself an Axial Rift. I did about a month ago. A month you, and a half ago. Maybe. You've been toying with having a Rock Bouncer RC for like, what, two years now? A while, yeah. I think every one that I've put up for sale, <laughs> I've tried to sell to you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, uh, you finally got one. What do you think about the Rift? Mm, it's not very strong. What'd you break? The Spider Gears and the Div. Yeah. Both Divs. Yeah. I haven't. So <laughs> I think my rear end is like starting to slip some. Yeah. But. I, I really think the ones that Justin and I got, um, they are they were put together by the engineer from Axial mm -hmm. direct to us. Yeah, I think that that's why ours are way better quality. And it seemed like when I took it apart, the gear mesh wasn't right. Oh, like there was too much space in between the gears. Yeah, that's weird. But I could be wrong. No, no, it's no. like it needed a spacer that wasn't there. in the spider gears. Yeah, hmm, that's weird. Uh, maybe, you know, yeah. I think their QC really dropped the ball on it. Yeah. Obviously they had that, that the plastic axle housing mm -hmm. break. Um, I haven't had any problems with that yet. I, I, I like cracked one, but it wasn't yeah. broken, broken. I mm -hmm. went ahead and replaced it. What I did was, uh, I saw, I sent, actually sent you a link today. Those little brass things yeah, that you can that. put in like five bucks. Not a bad idea. Uh, I took some metal or, uh, plastic adhesive mm -hmm. and like it was a little epoxy and I just did that entire side of the axle. Yeah. It's been great. And I put a locker in the front, and that locker I got before production, mm -hmm. and it doesn't fit. Really? I had to, like, grind some of it out because yeah. it's just... See, I've, I've got all that ordered, but it hasn't come in yet. That's another thing. You can't get parts for them. Dude, I don't... Think, I never I never thought about that when I bought it. Yeah, I don't think that I they, thought, well, these have been out for a little while. They should be good. Like, I, I talked to Clyde, and Clyde was basically telling him, like, you know, he wanted to work with them. Mm -hmm. I was like, you guys wouldn't have this without me, right? Cause like he, he formalized the entire race series thing. Yeah. And, uh, he, I, you know, I told him, I was, he's like, he was trying to get him to work together, like, and have it on the live feed. And the guy from Axial, I think it was CEO. He was just like, why do we need to do that? Because they're selling off like crazy. Yeah. I don't think they expected it to sell this way. Yeah. And it's really kind know. of, it's kind of shocking. Like, yeah. why did you not 
think that it was going to sell. It's mm -hmm. the new. It's the only new machine you've made since 2015. Yeah, and it's it kicks ass. It's an actual new redesign. Right, right. It's they've come up with different colors and that's the worst. Yeah. So my question is, how long are you going to keep it thrift? <clears throat> Once you get all your parts and stuff and all that kind of fun stuff. How long are you gonna go before you go full custom chassis? I don't know. It just depends on what I break next. Yeah. Let me. I'm gonna pull something up actually while we're sitting here talking. Uh, did you think that the RC stuff was gonna be as fun as it is? Well, I knew. I of course I had that in the uh, before mm -hmm. that AX10, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, but I just kind of got out of it. But yeah, I've had a lot of fun with it. And my wife, she even likes it. She drives it around. I I just wish I could get like a. I wish I could get my family into it. So yeah. I have uh, this on the way. Oh, okay. So what I originally had done is I had asked for a Miller chassis. Mm -hmm. And this is a little bit different. The front end's a little different, but I think I have a way I'm going to make it work. Yeah. Uh, but I'll, it'll be all over the social media. I'm excited because this is something different. It yeah. doesn't look like what anybody else has. Yeah, that's uh, cool. It's, it's going to be fun, but... Uh, Travis Vance at uh, the Addictive Cages. Yeah, I've seen that. Dude, he, first off, he charges like 150 bucks a cage, mm -hmm. like for his baseline yeah. stuff. Cheap and super high quality. Yeah. When I got it, like all these welds are really pretty and, and everything's mm -hmm. really nice, but I'm excited to start that one. Um, I like my Rift a lot. Yeah. But uh, just something different. Mm -hmm. I think that they kind of messed up the RC class this year by yeah. not allowing modified plastic. Yeah, I don't understand that. I don't. I mean, what was the reasoning behind that? So they want to push you. I'm guessing, right? They want to push you to. They want to force you to buy a rift mm -hmm. to to run in this class, or they want to force you to go completely like balls deep and, yeah. and go the thousands of dollars route. Mm -hmm. And they do that to equal the playing field. Yeah. And and the the thing that always got me like there's a lot of uh, what's the right way to say this. There's been some, just I don't even know the right word. There's been a lot of fuss that comes, yeah, comes out of the RC community and this and that. And like, first off, I think it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's the craziest thing that people get so bent out of shape about all that stuff. Yeah, um, I think that one of the main rules is it has to look like a rock bouncer. Mm -hmm. And if you go and look at any of the, they don't. dude, I don't get it. No, like I don't understand. Like, you know, there's a group on Facebook, like the scale bouncers, right? Mm -hmm. Dude, those machines those are, are cool. They're yeah. awesome. Yeah. And I, I just don't think like the the high performance chassis that we see now, like they all are super high performing. Mm -hmm. They don't look like a rock bouncer. No. Like, you know, I don't I don't know of a rock bouncer that has like the big sharp fangs in the front. Yeah. Like, no other bars. Yeah. I, I just think and that the, the shock tower is taller than the roof. Yeah. Yeah. And I get it. Like, it's all scale. Right, yeah. like you, it's it's a toy. It is what it yeah. is. But I think that when you go for the unlimited class and the rock bouncer series, they should look like rock bouncers. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to institute the, you know, it, it has to it has to look like a rock bouncer to fit the thing. Well, it needs to look like a rock bouncer. Yeah. I think it looks. You know, if you're going to be nitpicky about mm -hmm. how it looks, yeah. at least be nitpicky the right way. Yeah, I think that I don't know. And and also they they raise the price, which I've heard of a bunch of people at races saying that that's like something that they're not super happy about. I didn't realize they did that. It's 50 bucks a person a race. So it's not a ton. RC? Yeah. What was it, 20 last year? Yeah, 30. something like 25, yeah. 25, something like that. Um, which, again, that's not a huge thing. But what it does do, oh, and they can't, they don't get in the park for free anymore. Mm. Which, that I get a big it. difference. But, like, you just turned uh, what was a $30 weekend yeah. into easily 80 per person, mm -hmm. right? 
That's like helping if you bring your wife and kids. And yeah, exactly. Exactly. And and it, to me, it's kind of one of those things like if you want that class to grow, you really got to accommodate it yeah. right when it starts. And I think that, you know, at one point in the last year or two, they had like 40 people in Texas. Mm -hmm. And it, it was like, that's huge. Yeah. But now none of those machines work because they don't fit any class. Yeah. And, it you know, 40 people at 80 bucks a head is, you know, mm -hmm. a ton of money. It's 1300 bucks. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I think that, I don't know. I think some of the entry fees are a little outrageous. Just in general? Just in general. Well, mainly the, the UTV bounty stuff. Yeah. It's How much is it? 350 That's a lot of money. Dude. Yeah. 350 That's why there's only five or six of them that run it. That's wild. Yeah. Do you, and I know it, like, it costs money to put the production on. Right. And I understand and that. I don't know where the money comes from. I don't know where the money goes. Yeah. I can tell you that it doesn't go, like Clyde's not getting rich. Yeah. We, we kind of broke it down and he kind of, explained very broadly to me where where you know like how much like satellites and stuff mm -hmm. like that cost that dude he is not making money no i like it's i don't think any of them are making a killing it's just kind of crazy i will say this like i, I go back and I look at like pro rock like race to riches yeah you know they used to give machines away yeah do you remember that yeah like it just seems to have vanished from everyone's memory yeah i didn't go to the first race to riches but i went to race to riches too what that was get? probably the most fun race I've ever been to. I didn't race in it, but uh -huh. I watched. What did it? It's like thousand dollars entry. It's a thousand dollar entry fee. Dang. First, uh, first, second, third got a razor. Yeah, and then all the way through tenth paid back money. So, so you if you finished in the top ten, you made your money back. Is there less people doing it? Because it's still a thousand dollars, isn't it? Yeah. Well, they didn't do it last year. Right. Okay. But now. It seems like the visions is going to take place of. How do you feel about visions? I don't know. I feel you, like you've been invited. I feel like they right? need to get it together. Right. Yeah. yeah it's kind of, you know, it's so funny is that I, I really don't, you. I haven't decided if I'm going or not yet. I get it. Cause it's yeah. what a thousand bucks. It is. And I've paid the deposit, which is two fifty, mm -hmm. And, um, on the little email thing I got, the rest of it was supposed to be due like the end of February. Never nice. heard anything. Mm -hmm. Why would you? Why would you follow up? Exactly. I mean, yeah, and I followed up a couple of times, mm -hmm. and they're just like, "Well, we're working on it." I mean, at this point, I think I heard somebody say the other day, "It's like ninety days away. You need to have it, yeah, a full itinerary, and yeah, have it figured out." It is less than that. Uh, <clears throat> I talked to one of the Ultra Four guys, and he was like, "I said, hey, you know, like are you guys going to be at Visions?" And he said, "What is that?" And I was like, oh, <laughs> no, dang, that's not good. Yeah. And it was, I mean, it was one of the guys that's like pretty high up yeah. before. And he's like, oh, that thing in Oklahoma. And I was yeah. like, yeah, I think there's a lot of people on the East Coast banking on visions. Mm -hmm. Not like counting on it to make money or anything, yeah. but like to be a big event. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure it will be, but it's kind of, it just seems like a lot going on for yeah. the first. It, it sounds like a lot going on for the first iteration of, of an event. But I think that when you get there, there's going to be a lot of downtime. Mm -hmm. because, a lot. Because it got, what, eight days? Yeah. And I still haven't got a full answer of when we're racing. Because right, so on the, the first schedule I saw, I think the UTV class, the class mm -hmm. that I would be in, mm -hmm. was going to be all on Tuesday. Well, I think I messaged Clyde or something, and he said it would be Tuesday and Wednesday. I think it's two days of rock downtime. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. And, I'm, I mean, I'm supposed to – I think I'm supposed to be there for – Broadcasting. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I, I feel like they haven't released enough details about it yet for anybody. Yeah. For the general public. Yeah. No, I know what you're saying. I mean, even racers. It's a big commitment. Too. It is. A week. 
Yeah. You don't have to be there for the whole Which week. Which I wasn't going to go for the whole week. Right. But, but still. There, but there are some people who are trying to make the whole week work. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Yeah. And again, I hope I hope that like when people listen to this, this isn't me or this isn't us like yeah. being critical. Yeah. Like I think, you know, it's kind of funny that the beauty of a podcast is, is you get to capture like a, just a conversation mm-hmm. that you would have. Yeah. Me and you, we would have this conversation in my driveway, yeah. right? And I'm nobody. My word means nothing, dude. <laughs> dude I'm nobody. Yeah. You know, it's kind of funny. Like, like I'm, we're just regular people that kind of fell into all this, and you're yeah. more qualified than I am to say I don't any know of this. About that. I've never raced. I've never done. You know, I've done a race before, yeah. but like, you know, when it comes to all this stuff, you're far more qualified than me. Yeah. And and I think that people sometimes get <clears throat> bent out of shape when they hear people have these conversations, mm-hmm. but like. This is the conversation that everybody's having. Yeah. And just no one's having it in a public forum. Yeah. Right. No one's bringing it up to the Everybody's people. talking about the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's in, I don't know. Yeah. That's why I love it. But I know that, that you've, you've been listening to the podcast for a while and uh, mm-hmm. it's been fun, man. It's been a lot of fun. And I'm yeah. really excited for this year because uh, hopefully it'll, it'll pick itself back up. But, um, that's pretty much all I got, man. Did we, did we miss anything? We've covered so lot, much different yeah. stuff. Got off track, on track. Yeah, back yeah. off track again. Back <laughs> off track again, yeah. Uh, so what does the rest of the year hold for you? I know you said race-wise, you're not totally sure. Yeah, I don't, <clears throat> I don't really know yet. I haven't decided where I'm going to be. I'm going to try to do as much of the point one stuff as I can. Which uh, How far east are they coming? Because um, they're the, like in that Dirt Nasty is the oh, closest one. Really? Yeah, that's pretty far, isn't it? Yeah, it's like five hours. Five, okay, five and a half hours. It's June fifth, I think. Okay, maybe June tenth. I don't know. <clears throat> I'm gonna try to be there. Um, I may not make the Missouri or Oklahoma races. I don't know yet. Yeah, they're racing at uh, Mid America. Yeah. Uh, where are they racing in Missouri? Uh, Hooter Holler, I think. Okay. Is that what I don't know where that's at. Yeah, me either. <clears throat> Either way, yeah. that's cool. I would love and, to. I would love to make a race yeah. up there. For and me. if I'm gonna go to Visions, I need to go to Mid America at least once before that. I feel like. Yeah. And there's a Pro Rock race at the end of May. Yeah. I may try to go to. I don't yeah. know. Visions has slowly become the pinnacle. Yeah. Of all of this stuff, yeah. and I know that they have like the amenities <clears throat> and everything. I just need to go out there sometime. Yeah. I would like to do some of the short course stuff out there. That looks fun. Yeah, it does. They they're on the live feed the yeah. other day. They got that big concrete landing or whatever it is what it's like a bridge i don't know what it is oh yeah they're talking about like <clears throat> yeah. they jump yeah yeah that's, that's, cool. that's pretty cool that looks like to me that's like video games so yeah like that's yeah. we just don't have anything east coast like that mm-hmm. i was talking to uh uh, uh alex reed from cg raceworks mm-hmm. and he was saying you know basically if somebody will build it on the east coast they make a bajillion dollars but there's yeah. nowhere to do it Dirty Turtle has a short course, but it's not that big. I'm going to go. I'm driving four yeah. hours, towing my machine down there yeah. just to ride the door, <laughs> just to do that. And I know I'm going to get there, and I'm going to be disappointed. I know it. Nah, you won't be disappointed. We're going to have some fun, though. Yeah. What I'm trying to do is, is and, and by the way, the trophy, you, I want you to come. Mm-hmm. Any of the listeners, I want them to come. Uh, we'll be there Friday, pretty much Friday <laughs> evening. So get off work, load your machine up, come hang out. Uh, I'm going to be doing a podcast there with uh, Ethan Martin. Actually, oh, okay. uh, I've gotten a chance to meet him while being at the races. Yeah. He's a cool guy. Yeah, he is. He's a really cool guy. Yeah. Uh, so I'm excited to talk to him after the fact. But uh, a lot of racing. I'm going to be fully suited up and and going to get out there and mm-hmm. you know do my plus one minute race, <laughs> plus one minute race time. So yeah, uh, I'm excited, man. But yeah. uh, anything else for 2021? I don't think so. So visions is coming up, getting prepared for that. 
Uh, do you think that you'll ever get out of the machine that you're in now? Do you think you, you have any desire to move out something different? I don't know yet. Okay. I've thought about it, but I don't know. I need to. I don't think you do. You keep doing I well. I don't know. You keep doing well. I don't know. It's a little outdated. Yeah. Well, always room to grow. And it, I'll tell you this. I would say that it used to be outdated, but the way that you've continually like evolved the machine, yeah. it's been interesting because to see you rework stuff, try to keep up. Yeah. Well, dude, it's a totally different machine than when you got it. Mm -hmm. Like the, the, the cage improvement that you made at the top this year yeah. is super cool, man. Yeah. Yeah, Cause you squared it off. Yeah, I, I like can see it. a lot better. Dude, I imagine so. I bet it feels better in there too. Cause mm -hmm. you have more room, right? Yeah. Dude, I always, I always like in my, in my rock bouncer I had, my head was about this far away from the bars and yeah. I always, I always was just like, it takes one rock yeah. in the right place and it's going to come in and get mm -hmm. me. It just, uh, gets me, but you got a, you got a nice roof now too. Yeah. I do Welcome to the roof game. Yeah. <laughs> you still don't know if I like it or not. So I, I was thinking about it the other day. I was like, would I like to go trail riding without my little roof panel on there? Yeah. And I was thinking about the sun and I was like, yeah. I don't miss getting sunburned yeah. all day long. So <clears> I think, uh, it comes with, you know, this. You mm -hmm. get burned on top of your head. <laughs> it, it doesn't feel very yeah. good. But, yeah. Anyways, anything else? We missed anything? I think we're good. Okay, cool. Will Bell, where can people find you on social media? Uh, I'm on Facebook. Okay. Facebook. Bell. Instagram? Uh, Instagram. I think it's Will Bell underscore one. That's it. Something like that. Okay. Uh, let me ask you this. If you could have a sponsor, what do, what would you need? What do you need parts-wise? Anything? If anybody could step on board, <clears> what would you need the most? I don't know. I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you hooked up with Diddy's big block. We're gonna get you some tomb yeah, shocks. That would help. You just gotta get. I gotta get the other one. Get the rear end on yeah, there. I'll, yeah. I'll hook you up. Okay? That'll make a big difference. Okay. Well, cool. Will Bell in the yeah. studio. It's a pleasure, and it's finally we finally got you in mm -hmm. here. An hour and thirty minutes. Yeah. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you, brother. Yep. All right, everybody. We'll see you later. Today's show is powered by All Things UTV. All Things UTV is home of the Razor Aid Tender Spring. Now, what that does for your ride, if you go out and you look at any of your UTVs, pretty much that top spring on your shocks, if it even is a dual system spring, which basically means there's two springs with a slider in the middle, that top spring, more likely than not, is completely compressed from the factory. It is a really, really uh, sucky thing that comes from the factory on a lot of the OEM machines. All Things UTV makes a tender spring upgrade for all, if I'm not mistaken, every single UTV that comes out right now. All Things UTV has a Razor Aid tender spring upgrade. Now, they have a guaranteed satisfaction, or excuse me, a satisfaction guarantee that you'll love the ride. It's 100% ride improvement quality. All Things UTV stands behind that warranty. They color match all their springs so it will look uniform. Now, one thing about their springs is they have a step further on top of that, and that is the Cloud 9 kit. And that Cloud 9 kit actually is what I run on my machine. It is longer rear upper springs, and it's the entire uh, basically eight springs with crossover rings, which if you're a race buff, that's nothing but good news because that just means that, uh, you know, you're going to be able to tune the suspension and tune how it works. So don't forget to check out all things UTV on Facebook and Instagram. Next on the list is RCV performance. Everybody knows RCV performance. They are the top of the line, the world's strongest axle, whether you're a rock bouncer, ultra four UTV, uh, Overlander, Jeep, whatever it may be, the RCV performance axles, <clears throat> excuse me, the RCV performance axles 
are the end-all be-all when it comes to axles. They are all made in the USA. Uh, I know that it's taken a little while for them to get uh, shipped out here in the last couple months or so due to the COVID and all that kind of crazy stuff. But I can tell you this, I waited for my product. I got the Trail Series axles. It's right in between, you know, you have stock, which is obviously going to be your weaker of the axle options, uh, which surprisingly there is weaker options out there in the aftermarket world. But you have stock and then you have the RCV Trail Series and then the very top of the line is the RCV Trails, Trail, uh, excuse me, RCV Performance Pro Series. So if you're a big daddy and you never, ever, ever want to have to worry about buying another set of axles again, with proper maintenance, the Pro Series will be the last axle you'll ever need. It's honestly amazing. I'm going to run the Trail Series. Going to wear those out uh, next weekend at Dirty Turtle. Really put them to the test. It's where budget meets the RCV performance name. It's a really good sweet spot between uh, having the RCV unbreakable performance and having something that's a little bit more cost effective than the Pro Series axles. RCV performance on Instagram and Facebook and rcvperformance.com. Our next sponsor is Supergrip ATV. Supergrip ATV has recently come out with some wheels. Really excited to start promoting these. Uh, mine should be here next week. I kind of am doing something a little different. I got one of every style that they have. They have 14s, they have 15s, they have a super strong kind of spun style, and then they have a more elegant uh, kind of fancier looking wheel that's coming out. But those are all Super Grip ATV branded wheels. They've designed them the whole nine yards. Those wheels will be available in four plus three options and a five plus two. So <clears throat> make sure you guys get a chance to look at those wheels online. I'll be posting about them very soon. And as always, Super Grip ATV tires are the gold standard you know when it comes to the k9 for general performance and basically every direction the amp is an excellent trail tire very reminiscent of a bighorn and then all the way across to 4x4 and golf cart tires make sure you guys check them out at supergripatv.com supergripatv on facebook and instagram next on the list is essentially off road essentially off road has started making production razor uh, cages and essentially off-road is actually just you know they used to be a general 4x4 they used to make rock bouncers and do stuff like that but the branding is kind of switched around a little bit and they're just a really high-end fabrication shop i love what comes out of there uh watching their instagram watching their facebook i know blake northern the owner of essentially uh off-road just recently posted a picture of some box a arms that he's working on for a full-size vehicle and it is bamboozling how he has designed those arms and the quality that goes into the welds. That same quality that is built into Ultra 4 cars is built into your production Razor cages. Check them out at Essentially 4x4 or Essentially Off-Road 4x4 on Instagram and Essentially Off-Road on Facebook and on their website. Last but not least, arguably the most important uh, my, I guess I would say the most impactful sponsor when it comes to me is Diddy's Big Block Race Shop. He does all of my razor shock tuning, all of my UTV shock tuning. If you're in a Can-Am, if you're in a Honda, whatever it is, that is the that is the guy I'm going to send you to. If you tell me, hey man, I really wish this was riding a little bit better, you get yourself hooked up with some all things UTV Razor 8 Tender Springs because it's a really economic, it's a economy friendly version of getting a really good result really quickly and then the best thing that you can do for those is to get uh, your shocks not 
only serviced revalve, so they'll last a long time, they'll last the life of the car, but also it'll start riding tremendously better. You don't know how bad you have it until you get your shocks revalved by Diddy's Big Block Race Shop. Now, they're also a dealer for all Mark Williams parts, including 300Ms, things like that. Uh, he actually will do everything when it comes to full-size buggies, all the way from turnkey chassis to finishing the last 5% of your machine. Chris over at Diddy's Big Block Race Shop, he's, he's the man. He is absolutely the man. He does all the tuning for the Reject Fab machines, and he's done uh, shock tuning for a bunch of guys in the industry, especially on the East Coast. He's based out of Kentucky, so if you don't want to send any of your equipment over, you know, over the country, uh, to the West Coast guys, Chris is the best option that we have, and he's one of the best options in the nation. Let me phrase it like that because his work is outstanding every single time. His customer service, his communication is one of the best. Chris is one of my favorite guys in this industry. Glad to have him on board. 